Welcome to the Nerd Tutorial Podcast, a podcast offering discussions and tutorials on nerdy subjects for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today is myself, your nerdy tutor, and with me as well, future Jedi Master, my mom. I am Force sensitive. She is definitely one with the Force. So, it's taken us an entire month. We watched well over almost 11 movies here at this point now to get, well, 10 movies to get to this one movie. Yep. And so we have finally watched Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, Episode 9. Your first impressions of the movie. Okay, well, first off, I will say I'm really glad that I watched 7 and 8 pretty, you know, pretty much Reese. right beforehand. And I, I think that increased um, my my understanding. Okay, okay? that's fair. So, it's so I liked the movie. Mm-hmm. You had to end it somehow, and and and, and nobody was going to be happy with with how it ended. There would always be people with thoughts. Yes. So I think I want to. I, I I think. Gosh, I have so many thoughts. Um, what did you think of the movie? How did you you like it? Because you're more invested than I am, and I'm at this point pretty invested. Um, I have opinions on the movie here, which we'll discuss here shortly. Um, I think it's a. I, I was hoping for a different movie. I'm pleasantly surprised with the movie I got in, as a result. I wanted a slightly different movie, one that didn't include the major villain, because I don't think he was relevant anymore. And I think... Oh, wait, I actually, that's a great starting point. So, okay, so just so we can remind everybody, we haven't said we it have before. We have spoilers. There are spoilers. We didn't mention it the last time because the movies were out for about... At minimum two years plus. Right. So you had plenty of spare warning going into this here. So Spoiler alert. So the movie starts off with the title crawl literally stating, Emperor Palpatine is is alive, a broadcast from the old emperor. Boo! Yes. This is, so this is my first problem with the movie because it's not hinted at in other movies at all. And... It's a creation just of this movie. It's... Probably, I mean, yeah. Again, it's just it's it's not well and it's not well enticed. You can assume that the first order was just the remnants of the Imperial Navy at this point, which gained enough sympathizers and people in it to recreate themselves. That the old forges and foundries that were building the ships just decided, okay, well, we'll just keep building ships until somebody tells well, us otherwise. Have, you still have a head of the evil empire. I mean, let's I mean let's let's talk about this. You still have Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. He's, he's the supreme he's got, leader. Yeah, and he's he's got the Knights of Ren, and and you so you still have an evil supreme leader. There were so many other ways they could have gone, and still accomplish what they wanted to accomplish. And and to me, the most like I hated this. I I mean, it's probably one of the parts of the movie I hated the most was that they brought they brought Palpatine back. Mm-hmm. That didn't need to happen. He was dead. Yes. He's, he's he was dead. He was dead for for. You know, three movies. It were two movies. He was dead. He, well, I mean, there's enough to say that when he starts the movie, he's still kind of dead. Yeah. Or for the most part, dead. I mean, no, I absolutely agree. I think he served his purpose through the original trilogy, through the original trilogy, and he's an interesting character to watch as the prequels because you eventually know what he becomes. One through three, you get to see him develop. Yeah, but at this point here, again, like I've said, before, like I was, like I was saying. There's no mention of him in by part seven and the part eight. There's not even a hint at it at all. 
Like, you wonder where Snoke comes from, but if, because they never really mention Snoke, it immediately goes out my head, and I don't care anymore. Well, and, and, here's, and here's what I thought would have been more intriguing. If, if the idea was to have... Big spoiler alert. Okay. If the idea was to have Rey be all of the Jedi, mm-hmm. couldn't you have some sort of force be all of the Sith? He says he's all of the Sith. At one point he says that. Yes. And and her response is, well, I'm all of the Jedi. Woo! Um, but couldn't you have some sort of force that didn't even necessarily have to be uh, a, a physical presence? Could just be a Sith force that was some sort of... Why, I know what I'm envisioning. Why couldn't Kylo Ren just be the Sith? The, the head... The guy because, who just oh, because Sith. then you couldn't have them. Then you couldn't have them ship. I I get that. No, I think I think you could still have them ship at the end of the day. But like, my intention was at the end of the movie that again, like, no Palpatine in it whatsoever. The First Order is clearly like built has been building something up. We get the impression that some time has passed between Episode Eight and Episode Nine. I'm gonna say a year or two, maybe. Yeah. I, that would give me enough of a re- that would give me enough of a reason. I might even go as far as to say six months, maybe, because it looks like they're not in a very they're still running around at the bare minimum with just a skeleton crew of people, or, or an, a skeleton crew enough of just like an insurgency at that point. But I would, but I mean, let's say, but I would have was envisioning we jump ahead two years. You know, I wasn't expecting Leia to be here at all, which was a nice was a nice element. And we'll discuss Leia here. In a, a little yeah. bit later, um, but I was imagining that um, Ben Solo, that Ray and Ben Solo's positions actually reversed. That Ray maybe learning that she is Palpatine's daughter in here now, and that would have been a reasonable thing. So it somehow finds comfort in the fact that she was the Emperor's daughter, that she wasn't just a nobody; she was somebody special. And in the process of learning about her history, that she embraces it on a certain level, while at the same time, Ben Solo has this understanding that, like, wait a second, you know, like, maybe maybe he comes to some sort of turns and realizes that he can't, you know, that what he's been doing is wrong the entire time. They somehow switch positions, and I would love that to lead into, like, a tenth movie of some sort. Because I do like the notion that, Ray being this all-powerful hero, kind of at the end of the day, is a twist at the end that she ends up becoming the evil person. But I think that would have set up for another trilogy down the line. I think that would have given the option to have the remnants of the Resistance, you know, maybe destroyed, but maybe Ben Solo and a few others, or Ben Solo and a few others, like, dis- are able to, like, go into hiding and disappear. They create their own version of the Jedi. They create their own version of the Sith Well. Ray creates her own version of the Jedi, just the polar opposites now. Like, she's creating Sith while Ben Solo's creating Jedi, and eventually the Jedi come back and free the galaxy again, which would have been like a 10th, 11th, or 12th movie down the line, because I think if you got to keep playing this out, at some point Skywalker's got to be still... See, but you can't... See, see if you if, if that's what happens, then you can't you can't ship him. You can. You, you say, well, again, I mean, like, you can, ship, you can ship anybody. I mean, like, the number of people that have shipped Poe and Finn... Oh yeah, there's yeah. Yeah, there, well, we can talk I, about that. We've seen artwork. Okay. Okay. So so, so so anyways, to continue with the movie. Okay. So so if we're going to talk about um, 
a how it ties with with eight which i, I don't i i do and don't like mm-hmm. um and and b ray's character because you you brought it you brought up what what you would have liked to have seen for her i i have some of the same thought but not not quite as excessive okay um and that's that if you'll recall in in eight when she's with luke and he's teaching her about the force and and what do you feel and the whole the whole blade of grass thing yes um where um where she discovers the earth growing and things and then she goes she finds the dark hole and um and luke is frightened because she just went so quickly to the dark side and she had no qualms about it but mind you she, she doesn't no know he- any better she didn't have any hesitation mm-hmm. and um more curious than anything else that's right and she and she went there mm-hmm. and so i guess and 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 as well in nine they, they talk about you know, Leia would have wanted you to have her saber. She knew the, you know, she knew the force was good in you. She saw it, even though she saw the dark. Both both Luke and Leia saw the dark in her. You never really see the dark in her. She's never really tempted. No, she's not. She I'm tells she wrong. tells Ben Solo, "I would have taken your hand if you had been Ben," because mm-hmm. at the time he was Kylo Ren. And that that again a reference back to eight. Um. You never got to see her explore, aside from that thing with the mirrors. And, and then a slight... And what, what, what was that about? I don't know. The fo- it was a metaphor that completely missed me, the mirrors. It, it was a cool kind of looking thing at the end of the day. Click, 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 what click, does click, it click, symbolize click, click, at the click, end click. of the day? Like, it really did it at all. Looking you- into herself? Yeah, I mean, I think the intention is she's looking into herself and finding nothing at the very end. But, but at the end of the day, you then like the mirrors really don't make any difference on any particular level. And again, this goes back to a very fundamental problem with the with uh, with some of the movie to begin with, though, is that you had one person as the initial director for the first movie, the episode seven, which was J.J. Right. Abrams. Then you had a completely different director for episode eight, eight and then jj abrams came back again for episode nine which gives you some other some other problems we'll talk about rose later yeah um but one of the things that's a problem throughout the entirety of these movies is there's no through line there's there's yeah the continuity like, the continuity is is slack there are places there are places that click mm-hmm. but well, well not so much the continuity don't. but just so much as that like there's not like there's not a consistent narrative that's going throughout the entire thing and the narrative of like a new hope to I mean, when you go back to the prequel trilogy here, it's clear that the through line is is that we're watching Anakin become a Jedi who becomes a fallen, who becomes a Sith. So we have a through line of we're watching Anakin kind of growing and showing the hints of being you know, like impudent. Well, it's kind of the Luc- Lucifer story. Yeah, we're watching you know, the best person the fall angel. at the end of the day. Yeah. And then when we get to, you know, Luke, we get we're watching Luke become the Jedi that Maybe he wasn't meant to be, but that he's going to become, that he's going to be the one to save the Empire. When we get to the new series of movies, though, like, yeah, we're fighting to stop the First Order, and we're kind of watching Rey go throughout the entire movie, but it's not all told by the same guy. At the end of the day, George Lucas wrote Episode 4, 5, 6, and 1, 2, and 3. 
you can see, you can say that George Lucas had a bet was maybe not a great storyteller or wasn't the greatest writer or he has continuity issues or you may even say that the prequels are bad movies. Both of us kind of agree that they're not great movies, yeah, but great. they're not but they're not but I mean what makes them not great though is that the love story is completely unbelievable. So I I think I think part of what makes them not great is the acting in them. Part of it's the script. There's no fun in that script. There's no, none no. of the snarky fun that, that no, exists it's a, it's between a, Han and and Leia. There's none of the there's there's you know she she never gets in a job at the hut bikini. She's never really ever really Padma is never really at risk. No, I mean anytime she is in risk, she's got Jedi around her literally to protect her. She's not. She's never in any sort of ru- any sort of real danger at the end of the day, and even in, when she is in some level of danger, let's say by episode when episode two, when they all get captured, like you're with Jedi, you're not really in that much danger at the end of the day. Well, Sorry. and and I'll, I'll bring up a whole bunch so. of stuff because I got all sorts of yeah. issues. So so back to Ray. Mm-hmm. So so you were shown the possibility that there's really evil in her, in eight. But and she I'm never okay. gets. But it never really gets explored. Never gets and and towards the end of eight, the deal is is your parents sold you for uh, drinking money, mm-hmm. and um, and and I'm the only one who really cares about you. Your parents were nobodies, and they sold you for drinking money. What an awful lie! Mm-hmm. Um, although that's the truth isn't any better. Um, <laughs> my my hope actually was because you knew sooner or later you had to find out who Ray's parents were. You knew that. There, there was a whole reason for having that. Be. There was a big. There was a. There, by the end of the. By the end of Force Awakens, there was like a big giant neon sign saying, "This will be relevant sometime in the future." Who are lineages? And, and here, so, so I sat there before I went to the film and said, it, and went, "Who do I hope Ray's parents are?" Mm-hmm. I actually, kind of hoped that one of Ray's parents might have been Kira. Oh, okay. From uh, from from the Han Solo movie. Well, I mean, I don't know if she's humanoid to know how long she could bear children, but yeah, that would have been because kind of an interesting notion because that would make sense that she would have given up her child to make sure she was safe because she was running a very dangerous life, exactly. and maybe she got killed along the way. She was just, you know, spice running spice or whatever, mm-hmm. and working at the casino, and and at some point would she hide her hide her her daughter on a on a sketchy sketchy planet? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, okay. So, yeah. so, so I thought, well, okay. So if I had choices, I don't. You know, we talked about this last time. I didn't want her to be Luke's daughter. I was so relieved she wasn't Luke's daughter. Oh, thank goodness, yeah. Okay. Um, I would have actually liked for her to have been a daughter of of nobody, so to speak, um, because I would have liked the the intimation that the force is in all of us. It's just a matter of being force sensitive, which is that term that keeps getting used. Mm-hmm. That somehow you don't have to be born of the force. You can just be. You don't have to be. I, I like where you go. I mean, I, I second the notion where I I hope that Ray was just of nobody. That another force sensitive that you know could be just as power. Just could just be what it is. It doesn't have yeah. to be the strongest force sensitive. She but could it's even clearly... be. She could even be of somebody. Mm-hmm. But of somebody who because remember that. And, and this is a question I have towards the end too. Han Solo isn't force sensitive. No. Okay, so how do what we can talk about it later? Okay, yeah. So you yeah. So um, <laughs> we can talk about it later. But but I had I had real thoughts. She could have been um, the daughter of um, the the uh, one Jedi, uh, the female Jedi that um, that sort of escapes. Ash, Ash, 
Akasha, Akasha or yeah, Akasha. the one with the braids? Yeah. Well, probably less so, uh, considering the different alien species don't. Okay. Maybe. Right. I, yeah, who I, we, we knows? How do we know? We don't, yeah, that's one of those things. We, we don't, don't know. Crossbreed. Um, she could have been um, uh, a. <laughs> if you really wanted to mess with with Han Solo. Um, she could have been the illegitimate daughter that because we, we remember that he and Leia were broken up and not broken up and and constantly having having marital problems, right? We're also missing a very interesting which notion. which would have caused a problem with with the shipping. Mm -hmm. A little incestuous there, but um, but there were all sorts of other possibilities. She didn't have to be Palpatine's daughter to make the story work, mm -hmm. and Palpatine didn't have to be Palpatine. Palpatine didn't even have to be there. You now, mind you, you could have mentioned that maybe yeah, he what she was the daughter of Palpatine, but he didn't even need to be, yeah. be there at all. You could have literally had the whispers of him uh, through the Force, and that would have been enough to have justified it. And even you could if, have had some sort of some sort of Darth Maul looking thing that was the head of the Sith that that had been secreted away all those years. Oh, I would have liked. I mean, that's actually an interesting part. I would have liked to have seen like some sort of ancient Sith individual just kind of like in waiting for whatever was going to come and replace him and then like as soon as something replaces him whether that was Rey or Kylo Ren he just like turns the dust or something and thus you know the lineage the, the Sith never die or anything like that cool. like, yeah there were all sorts of other cool options I don't know why you had to bring this full circle to to the Emperor to make it work I think it's because the way, because I think what ends up happening at the end of the day, the story is largely on the bit notion of the Skywalker lineage. Whether you start as Anakin, you go through Luke, and thus you go through, I guess, Rey at the end of the day now, but you go through this lineage, uh, you go through like this lineage and somehow like your past means something. Which is why I'm, I mean, we'll talk about what I hope for in later movies because that'll be a completely different thing because there's going to be more movies. There, there cannot not be more movies eventually down the line, so... Yeah, if you read anything, you you yeah yeah you so. read a, a lot about that. So so my my wish is so because because I found it helpful in watching the other movies to to sort of make this this list of what do I hope. What do you hope that you get out of it? What do I hope we get out of it? Um, we I think we all kind of hope that that Kylo Ren finds his Ben, mm -hmm. and and that's that's what. Um, you know that that gets fulfilled, and you get to see him stand alongside his his mother and father, and um, and and take the mantle of leadership, however whatever form that takes. So yeah. I think I think we all kind of hope that that's going to happen. Um, kind of hope because you you, you like Poe. Uh, um, if you weren't going to you know ship Finn with with Poe, would you ship Finn with Ray? Maybe I don't know. Um, There's not a lot of. I mean, we can we'll get to the when the end of the movie here. We'll talk about yeah, kind of and we'll talk is. we'll talk about why some of that I think takes place actually, which is very sort of sellout. Um, but I, you know, I you knew you knew Carrie Fisher had had to die because she's dead. Yeah, um, she wasn't. So, so you knew Princess Leia was was gonna gonna bite the bullet. Nice to see, nice to see Harrison Ford come back mm -hmm. um, from from the dead. Um, uh, and and you and you knew that you were gonna have a couple of quests because Star Wars movies are all all of us about quests. So I got 
off my wish list. Found out who Ray's parents were. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you knew that the ancient texts weren't um, weren't gone. That that Ray has them, and so Jedi will live on because mm-hmm. the ancient text lives on. Um, you had your your triad with with Poe, Finn, and Ray, which is always going to happen because that's how the whole thing's been done. Yeah, there's always been a, a trio a tri- of yeah, of a trio. Um, um, you got away from uh, some of the sort of um, I found eight at times a little preachy because it was talking about you know the I I while I appreciated Rose's story and it it adds a different perspective to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that. I found sometimes aid a little preachy in in that yeah. regard. A lot, a, a, a fair amount of people do can do at the end of the day. I totally understand that notion. Okay, so I appreciated that that wasn't taking place. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have to suspend reality because there's just, and we can talk about it in different ways. Um, you have to suspend reality, but you, you, you just do. Um, you know. How many? How many? How many? I mean, is is Kylo Ren a cat? Because he has a couple. Like, yeah. Oh, how many yeah. lives does he get to have? Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so you have you have some of those things. Um, at the end of the day, you weren't going to make everybody happy, and so here's my biggest complaint about the movie. I think it tried to make everybody happy. I think that it, I think it sold out in a lot of ways. I think it it let, it, I have to wonder what the movie would have been in the age before social media. Okay. Because I felt like it responded to a lot of... Um, Negative criticism from episode eight that was clearly there. That, whether from, that criticism the, was valid or not. And, and where fans were taking it and, and things like that. And I think it responded to a lot of the things that... that fans probably wrote about and complained about and um, liked or didn't like or wanted to see. And I so I think I think it, it did Lincoln's Lincoln's thing. You can please some of the people some of the time. You can please you can't please all of the people all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you know please some of the people some of the time you can I think a lot again my my major complaint with the movie here was that is is somewhat similar to yours but I think where I know episode 7 gave us a lot of interesting options the world could go and episode 8 really threw us for a loop I was expecting I mean the the way I've heard this movie described was that the band got together they played their old classics they did a bang up job it was really great they didn't do anything new so it was like watching a tribute concert at the end of the day I really wanted. I, I I like that analogy at the day, but I really do wish that at the end of the day that they were willing to do more to say change the status quo of the galaxy, stay, you know, change the dynamic to allow that like because again like Disney in a meta in a, in a meta context here, Disney is not going to say this is the last Star Wars movie. There's no reason for them, them a to do that. And then at the same time, B, like these actors are still fairly young that you can still have them come back for more movies. I'm more surprised they didn't allow themselves to go to have the series end at movie 10 and have another movie another two years every couple every couple years. It's a steady paycheck that you can keep going if only right now that maybe you 
say no more new Star Wars movies for a few years let's focus on building more of the world through the Mandalorian um, which is going to have a second season in 20 in later on this year an Obi-Wan Kenobi thing a Jango Fett sort of thing like more of these like other side, side stories side stories building the world I can understand that and certainly they're doing more with the um, Disney Plus is doing more with their uh, animated series like Ro- like Rebels and now Resistance so they're clearly doing that my biggest problem here is that you had the opportunity to change either the status quo or create more options and opportunities in the universe that would keep you going for a long period of time that people could work off of well, and how, you squandered but, that okay so so I guess, and I guess my question to the audience is, because I had read an article that talked about they were going to give it three years off and then they were going to go back to having having them come out every two years. Yeah, which is fair. Which is fair. And, um, and my response to that was, how long does the resistance have to keep on fighting? I mean, how many times can you replay the same story? Um, and, and I think at some point it has to be over. It really does. It's it can't just continue to be the same story. Now, what you could do is play the political intrigue of now that it's over, but you've lost your leader because mm-hmm. you've lost Leia, and you've lost your leadership. I mean, what do you have? You have Ray. Ray's young. She's not politically astute. She yeah. may be strong with the force, but yeah, but she's not like a commanding presence at any particular level, and nobody knows who and, she and, is. And Poe doesn't need to be a general. I don't know why Leia left him in charge. You know, and so so. It's just like night shift, last person in, last person out. I guess. But um, so it seemed to me like like if you were going to continue it on, then you need to make it more of a political intrigue in the way that one, two, and three were, but weren't successfully. See, I think what you could have done there then is, again, you have, say, again, I like, I like the notion that, like, Ray becomes you know this villain at the end of the day this person that was the jedi's hope was turns to a villain and ben solo becomes the jedi but maybe he's not leading a resistance anymore maybe you know he goes into the distance and maybe now the political intrigue is you know smaller groups of people or a senate you know the remnants because again like what again this is always one of those weird things what happens when you actually take over the galaxy what do you do then it's not exactly it's not it's not well explained it's it's not well explained very well that the Empire becomes you the Empire, do, thus, thus what next? You could do a lot of analogies to what's happening politically in the United States right now. Mm-hmm. You could do it that way. And, th- and that's where I think the story could go. Again, if you have, if the First Order takes over the, over the galaxy, they have to have this Imperial Senate. There's like maybe this, you know, Galactic Senate, which was in power. You could destroy everybody, but then all the rest of the worlds would just gang up on the First Order because clearly maybe the First Order is, you know, with the loss of, like, Ben Solo with Kylo Ren, maybe, you know, they don't trust Rey as much, or maybe Rey becomes big, big baddie, but the First Order doesn't agree in that particular direction or something. Well, what happens to the Knights of Ren? Theoretically, they're all killed at the end of the day. Well, let's go through more okay. of the story here because okay. we've, been, we've been talking very abstractly here. So. Okay. The Emperor's alive, apparently. Ky- so Kylo Ren actually goes out of the way to go find the Emperor, finds him, using a special beacon that only two have exist anywhere in the universe. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, but we know what we're looking for. Oh, yeah, clearly we do. We know what it looks like because it's in the ancient text. 
apparently it was important enough that, yeah, coincidences, right? <laughs> oh, suspend your... Suspension yes. of disbelief. Yep. Um, so Kylo Ren finds the Emperor. The Emperor promises him a new empire. Gee, where have I heard that offer before? And out of nowhere, apparently there's a lot of... Death stars that have just been—they've just been building out of out of nowhere in secret. Like, where did all the resources come for this fleet of ships? Precisely, yeah. Just where did this all come from? Who did they rob, pillage? Whatever. Wh- who, what what they build? How, who built it? What who people? Who built it? What slave labor? What people? Yeah. Where are the carpenters that? But built they're this? in are in the outer limits. Oh yeah, no the outer the outer the outer rim is very much kind of like the badlands. Very much the outlast badlands, like. There's no centralized government, nothing really to stand on. If you did something out there, it's like... But all this technology is out there to build all this stuff. Hey. Yeah. Um, eventually, um, so yeah, I mean, and we also kind of learned from this point here that apparently Palpatine created Snoke, which was a clone of something, you know, which is kind of interesting that in the universe there's not really any clones of Force-sensitives. At all, like some of the videos. So, so, it, and and when we had that conversation, mm-hmm. I was suddenly some, somehow envisioning that it was kind of like the the hologram of of uh, of Luke at the end of eight. Oh, that it was just a vision Snow. of something. Yeah, because because basically he he created him. He instructed him to mind link them. Again, this is he also kind of he, again they also threw a very roundabout way kind of make a point of saying that like apparently the emperor was. All the voices that of all the of all you know like all, all these the vo- Sis. of all the Sith. You even hear like Darth Vader's voice, Snoke's voice. You hear. Um, well, how do you get Darth Vader's voice out of that? Darth Vader went back to the other side. He's now Anakin. So how can he have a? How can he have a? I know. I, I know. Right. Or yeah. In order to be a Force ghost, you have to take the form that you last were in. Is kind of my understanding of how that works. And usually, it's only the good guys that go into that. So. Oh, yeah, again, problems. Um, when we catch up with everybody else, Finn and Poe are using the uh, Millennium Falcon to do spy stuff at the end of the day for resistance stuff. Yeah. Ray is training with Leia, oddly enough. Uh, what I have been told, what I have heard about the movies is that Episode 7 was supposed to be about um, uh, Han Solo and Har- Harrison Ford, essentially. Episode right. 8 was supposed to be about Luke Skywalker. Then episode so nine was supposed to be, be Leia, Leia yeah. but unfortunately her untimely death, Carrie Fisher's untimely death kind of squandered that and had to basically change what was like literally years worth, a year ahead of time worth of stuff because she passed away in in 2016. 16, yeah, 16 or 17, yeah. 16 or 17, yeah. And so by the time they would have been filming the movie here, it would have been 2000 maybe at the tail end of 2017 going into 2018 if you give a year year and a half to do uh, all the special effects and everything you can see where it comes out in late December of 2019 well and and it's kind of why I was um, one of the things I was reading said that well that's why it's all jungly again you had to reuse the same sort of um, locations that you used in in eight for um, a lot of the scenes because they were reusing footage well, they reused a lot of footage from episode eight, but I mean, Leia's not really in a whole lot of deserty sort in any sort of foresty locations in eight at all. I mean, the only the only location that she's really in like that is when they're on the planet for ever so shortly of time. But by that point, she's actually 
up in space at that point. Okay, that, that's the footage that they had. Well, again, I mean, the rotoscoping is a very... So we should describe how they got Leia here at okay. the end of the day. So unfortunately, obviously, Carrie Fisher passed away. Um, and so what they ended up using a lot of was the footage from her previous movies. So both Force Awakens and um, The Last, Last Jedi. Jedi. More yeah. predominantly from The Last Jedi, but I wouldn't surprise me if they used a lot of the... Um, uh, options from cut scenes for her voice from episode seven from a force yeah. awakens. So, um, cause again, the notion of like never underestimated droid sounds like something she would have said in episode seven. Yeah. Um, but not quite so, you know, especially about BB eight, not so much about anything else. Cause she doesn't really interact with a whole lot of droids in episode eight at all. So but a lot, but a lot of the footage again, cause she does look rather, Formal by comparison to what everyone else is, so that leads me to think more episode eight stuff. Okay. Um, so they did. They basically recreated her by rotoscoping her, and whenever she really has to interact with other people, you usually just see like her hands or part of her body, never like her head at all. Well, you don't actually. There are lots, lots of times when you hear her speak, but you don't see her speak. Yeah, you see her head turn to a certain yeah. direction with the intention that you can't see your lips moving, that you can't tell if she's actually saying it or not. Yeah. Um, I've also seen um, other things where her daughter, who is very similar to her, actually played as the double for her in Rogue One initially. And they rotoscoped uh, Carrie Fisher's face onto it. That's so plastically looking, by the way. But, I mean, ma- maybe not intentional or not, maybe. But, I mean, like, if you're going to start from a face... Yeah, no, I get it. As close as you can get, probably. Because, yeah. again, the, when they did Tarkin, they did his grandson or his son I think yeah I'm not I'm not 100% certain on that but I do remember that part of the family was a part of that yeah um it makes sense and the, obviously when they did features a, are features and when they did a younger Leia for the very final end obviously that was computer generated but you could hide a lot of the the dirt and grime and you know yeah. on, on that um all that being said though again so Ray's training with Leia to become a Jedi apparently Leia was a Jedi at one point and gave but, it up to and, become general. And well, gave it up because she worried that her being a Jedi would lead to negative things for her son much, much later on, if only she knew. Okay. Yeah. Um, so when Poe and Finn come back in the Millennium Falcon, um, they warn everybody that in 16 hours, very specific timing here. This yeah. is one of the things I dislike. Yeah. Um, that in, that was the same thing for um, Last Jedi too. where like, in six hours, we're going to run out of gas. Yeah. So you get to spend a day doing something else. Because, like, apparently traveling to this agent planet just takes, like, maybe takes 10, Speed 15 limits. minutes. Speed to, limits. Come yeah. on. Okay. But oddly specific, 16 hours from now that the Emperor, who is alive, is going to launch his giant fleet and take over the galaxy. And they know this because... Because there's basically this warning that comes out from the Emperor. Or, no, because no, of a spy. A spy. For, for a spy. There's, there's a spy. There's a spy. That was a nice twist. It was a nice addition. Yeah, I mean. That was a nice so twist. So there's a spy. There's a spy. Who, who's the spy is is funner. Who's the spy? Um, so, apparently, they learned from the spy that this ancient Sith planet is where they're building all the stuff at. Ray's like, wait, hold on. I've heard of the name of that before. Flip through book. Ah. Ancient we're, text, not book. Ancient text. Okay, we're going through an ancient text, and hey, Skywalker mentioned this before. So yeah. clearly what we need to do is go and find this He was looking. He was looking for it, too. 
Yeah, we got to go find this wayfinder. Find the wayfinder. So eventually, they get to this. So the entire crew is, I'll call it. So it's Chewie, Finn, Poe, and Ray. Gangs back together. Along with, um, which is interesting because it's actually this is the very first time they're all actually together outside of the very last few minutes of episode eight. Because if you notice in episode eight, Chewie, yeah. Well, no, not even Chewie. But if you go to episode eight, the very final end. Poe is now, for the first time, really meeting Ray. He's like, hey, I'm Poe. I'm Ray. It's like their first time they're actually, actually meeting. meeting. So, okay. like, this is really, like, the first time the trio is actually doing stuff together. Yeah. So, but you get but you get the impression they've done stuff before. You do. Yeah, like, the way I think, like, a year or two has passed, and that's yeah. why you get the impression. Yeah. Uh, plus, Ray seems a lot more confident in her abilities with the Force at this point. Like, clearly she's had she's time been, to, she's to use. Yeah. yeah. Um, at this point here, we get to a new planet here, and um, they find they find out that there is a clue left behind on a ship. The clue that they find, um, actually not on the ship, but um, but they find is a dagger that's got Sith writing on it. Yes, and who can read Sith writing? Why our transitor droid C three PO, who was just casually there and. Everyone actually, this is one of the fun things I do like, is that they all just don't give two shits about C-3PO being there. Like, C-3PO is like, you didn't ask if I was okay, and everyone's just like, ignores him. Yeah. Which is perfect, because that's just the way I wanted to treat a droid we don't care about. He's just sort of an annoyance anyway. But it's interesting that they found a purpose for at least, a a purpose for him at least this time. Yep. Because the last two movies, like, they really didn't have a purpose for R2-D2 or C-3PO. They were just sort of along for the ride because they're yeah. supposed to be. And then even this time, R2-D2 really doesn't do a whole lot of anything. So I, I do I do appreciate that notion at the end of the day, that stuff's ha- that these characters are just here, but they don't serve any real purpose. Except for this one time in which he kind of does serve a purpose, finally. Except he can't translate it because he's forbidden. Yes. Because so, it's Sith language. So apparently during the creation of the Empire, they, you know, the Emperor... Passed a law saying that no droids could translate Sith. Now they can read it perfectly fine, but they can't translate what it says at all because it's hardwired into their programming. Right. So they've got to go. So as C3PO is explaining this here, um, Chewie's got the dagger, and suddenly the Empire is caught up to them rather quickly. And they've got to find a code breaker. Well, well, before that though. Um, Ray is Ray is out in the middle of the desert because she senses Kylo Ren coming, who is literally I think going to just do a hit and run with his uh, Tie Fighter, just go right after her. So it's the scene you see from the trailers where she does like the backflip, cuts yep. off a wing. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, though, Chewbacca's been captured by the Empire. He also has. Oh, I hate this. This is the thing I really do hate, but I would have appreciated more had this actually been what actually happened. Yeah. So. In the process of Chewie getting captured, he gets taken on a transport and they fly off. Now, Finn points out that the transport has got Chewie on it, so Ray starts using the Force to pull the transport, the, the transport down. Kylo Ren, who, again, miraculously, has used one of his nine lives, didn't die in the process of getting, you know... Blown up in his... In his spaceship. Yep. Again, yep. really, come on. These other TIE fighters turn are like paper, but yet he just, like, you know, just, just walks out like... Not a scratch, no blood or anything. Just do 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 do. Oh, can we also mention Kylo Ren has a helmet? His helmet again. 
It's yes, all, but it's got red on it. So it's like it's all welded up, but all the marks are still red. Like whatever was used to weld, weld together was red. Either keep the damn thing on or take it off. Well, see, and I was, and, and this is you and I had this conversation when we talked about. Hey, I was so thankful that Snoke told him to take off get, the goddamn helmet. Oh, the helmet! You're 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 no Darth, Darth Vader. You're not be, even, be your own person. Well, not so much be your own person, but just stop trying to emulate somebody you clearly aren't. aren't. You're not going to be Darth Vader. Stop it. Yeah. And I really, I like, I could have applauded that. And so then you're back here with the goddamn helmet. But this time, very visibly and, and obviously intentionally, and it's all cracked, but it's got red, red, uh, red kind of like welded weld. marks yeah. or something. Again, my problem with the mask here is that either put the mask on or take the mask off. Because there's numerous points throughout this entire movie where you either see him without the mask or you see him with with the mask. mask. Either the mask means something and you wear it because it means something, or you don't wear the mask because it doesn't mean anything. Pick a lane. Well, see, and I I was trying to reason out why, because I had the same issue. I was trying to reason out why do it, and was it that he was he was caught between the two worlds, and the mask represented one, and without the mask didn't? But there were times when he was evil when he had it off, so that wasn't true either. I wager that the reason was reshoots. Oh. See, at the end of the day, the mask. I mean, when you really look at the mask at the end of the day, here, like the times he's wearing it are, are times in which like they're not hugely pivotal moments. The only exception to that is really when. Um, Kylo Ren and Rey are having a argument where Rey learns her lineage, but even then, it's like, was that an added scene or not an added scene? Like, was it intentional or not? Again, my big problem here is that he either wears the mask the entire time, or he takes, or when he finally takes it off. Like, I would have never had the mask ever again, in all honesty. Yeah, I wouldn't I have th- either. I thought, I thought when Snoke had him discard it, either be your own evil self. Or, or or don't wear it at all. Well, but, my, yeah. but my bigger problem, my bigger notion here is that what does it matter? What significance does the does mask it, yeah. have? If if everyone knows what you look like now, because you've been the supreme leader and you've been going around for let's yeah. say, even if at minimum six months, people know who you what you look like now. Yeah. The mask's purpose of trying to be like Darth Vader is gone out the wind because everyone knows who you are now. Yeah. It doesn't. I mean beforehand when he was wearing it in episode seven like it was meant to signify i am the new vader. I, i'm the new vader i'm supposed to i'm being like my grandfather who was vader who did wear a mask yeah when he takes it off he's turning into his own self his own sith being at that point but again like by the time we get to the mask again like it means no point there's yeah. no point to the helmet because he takes it on and off just ever so casually around his people that like what? so I'm with you. I, I have problems there with that. You have the whole scene in which in which they show it actually coming together. Yeah, which together. I think which I think is kind of a cool bit, anyways. But it just again, like my major problem is that it just does not serve a purpose. purpose. No narrative, no narrative purpose. Okay, can, own- can we get back to what I really hate here? Okay, so Kylo Ren starts trying to pull the ship down himself with the Force, or trying to let it go back up. It's a little. A little decent. confusing, yeah. Ray and just Kylo just- Ren are kind of tug of warring with the transport. And somehow lightning comes out of Ray's fingers and blows up the transport. Now it's a gut punch of an element because you're left to believe that the Wookiee was on the transport. Chewie you, was Chewie was on the transport. You told the Wookiee is on the on the transport. Yes, and so you believe that that Chewbacca is dead, dead. which and, is and, what I hoped for. 
And now it, I feel horrible for thinking that Chewbacca de- dies because he's one of my favorite characters. But if he has to go because it's the last movie, and you see them all respond to the idea that that he's dead, mm-hmm. and leave him dead. Yeah, either either he's dead or he's not dead. He's like, a cat too. I, I I don't mean to sound indifferent to the to Chewbacca because I love Chewbacca at the end of the day, but. If this is the last movie that Chewbacca's theoretically going to be in, and this is the last series of movies, at least in this timeline or this frame here, you know let what? Him die. Let him die and let him serve a purpose of showing Ray that, like, there are consequences. There are consequences of what you do, or that, like, hey, this is the taste of the dark side that you've been slightly, ever so slightly giving into. Like, I would have loved it if Raleigh was like, you keep giving into the dark side, you really shouldn't do that, or you should stop, like, doing that at all and Ray being like no 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 I'm not I'm not doing that at all I'm, I'm perfectly fine and this was one of the cons- my, you kill my friend yeah so I thought it, so this is what I meant when I said mm-hmm. I wonder what the movie would have been before social media because I think that they wrote the script with that that scene intending to have happened Yes. And and Chewie dies. Because you never see a second transport. There's only one brought down. You only ever see one. So wh- how the hell did he get on a different transport? It's not like, like this isn't Star Trek. They can't tele- teleport. Okay. So so where the hell did the concept of a second transport come from? I personally think that because of social media and what they knew would be the fan outcry, somebody said, oh, you can't really do that. I, I, I think mean, it's. He, I, I he think appears it's, in later scenes. I get that, but but, but does it really does it really serve a purpose in later scenes? Really, though. No, I think I think this was one of those things where they gave in to what they thought fan reaction would be, rather than sticking with what should have happened. And what really should have happened is you've lost uh, Hans. You're about to lose Leia. It'll, lose your Wookie. Yeah, and I think it would have served a more thematic, more. It would have been a lesson. It would have been a lesson in 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 the fact that the force needs to be controlled. That you can't use it willy nilly. If there are no consequences for using the force, and this is something that that Luke talks about in eight. Mm -hmm. If there are no consequences for 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 using the force, then 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 what purpose is there to having it? Yeah. So, yeah. So so they should just let them let them die. No, I agree, and I think I think at the end of the day here the. One of two, one of two. I think at least two different things happened. I don't think it's social media that that gave it away. I think part of the problem was that there was an initial draft that was written because there was an initial draft and treatment written for what was episode eight, and they liked this notion of the Wookiee dying. So I think that's where that this initial part came in. But I think J.J. Abrams, who got reintroduced back into the back into the movie here, instead of getting the initial actor, the director who was going to be a part of the movie, right. was going to be a completely different director here. So it was going to be a completely different person leading the story instead of J.J. Abrams had his initial scenes in there, and they said, "Oh, hey, let's keep that. That seems really that's useful. powerful. Inter- it's powerful. It's interesting. It's a, pain, it's a great red at, herring yeah. at the end of the day." Yeah. Um, but I also think part of the other thing that might have happened here is that when Carrie Fisher died. I think that the notion was okay. Maybe we don't kill the Wookiee because we got to have something left over. Something has that to survive. Does, that does, yeah. Something has to survive because maybe Leia was supposed to survive at the end of the day for throughout all of this. So I think part because again, when you really look at the movie here, and we'll discuss later on, the Wookiee plays no no additional purpose at all. Like right. he, he's, you see him kind of in the background. So he flies a ship. Yeah, but like there's not a whole lot more 
for him, him to be doing at, the, yeah. at a certain point. You don't uh, see him really buddy up with anybody. You just He's just one of the gang. Yeah. And he's certainly beloved, but you don't see him. It's, it's like it's, the... He doesn't have another Han Solo moment. It's like the it's like the cat that lives at the house, but it's not really your cat. It just is there with yeah. the house, and you like yeah. the, you love having the cat with you. So again, I I would have been perfectly happy if this was how Chewbacca died. Yeah. So so that's improbable thing number one. The the well not number one. Okay, number that's not much number one, but, but it's, it's but but it's it's big improbable thing number one is that somehow there's a second there's a second trans you know transport that we never saw. And we never saw anybody walk onto because we saw Chewie walk onto the transport. Mm-hmm. There's a second transport out there somewhere that we never saw, and that one didn't blow up. Clearly, yeah. But what would have been even more interesting is that if they had waited longer to show that the Wookiee was actually alive. Because, again, like, the second they get off the planet and they're safe, they've, they've had to, to go into another ship because the Imperials have found the Millennium Falcon have basically impounded yeah. it. Um, but you learn like once they into the ship and they realize, oh, hey, we need to go to a code breaker to go break into our droid. Yeah. Um, another scene happens just shortly thereafter, which explains that the Wookiee's still alive. Well, she literally says, I feel him. He's on that ship. Well, no, no. But there's scene, there's a scene before that, literally like minutes after he supposedly dies that shows like, oh, hey, yeah, no, we brought an interesting character from the planet. Oh, this from is true. Planet. We have so, somebody for you, yeah. Yeah, so it's not as though, like, what would have been more interesting is that, and, we'll, and this goes on to the next scene, is that when they get to Kylo Ren being on the, you know, maybe Kylo Ren, everyone else leaves with Rey and everybody else leaves in this extra ship to get away at this point because they got no other choice but to leave. Um... Kylo Ren finds uh, Chewie's bag because they didn't take the bag up with the ship at all and they find the dagger which would have been a reason for the dagger to go with Kylo Ren. Yeah. Now, if che- you, Chewie has the, the dagger that is the, that that has is the, the clue. Sith's writing. Yeah, it's got the but, clue. But, but in the meantime, they they learn though, they don't, in the meantime, they learn that that, um, that C-3PO has has an image of it in his... Yeah, he's recorded, he's recorded the language of what was on there. He just can't. Yeah tell anybody what it is it's right. basically playing secret code like I know what it is but I can't tell as you. it turns out you have to have the dagger we didn't know that at that the, time the, yeah we didn't know at that point that the dagger actually had any purpose to it at which all. is really stupid thing number big stupid thing number two but would have explained why there would have been a rewrite here to make it to have to go get the dagger which meant you could go get the Wookiee at the same time thus bringing back the Wookiee if the dagger just had the Sith writing on it and it was a weird looking dagger to begin with you could have just gone with whatever's on the dagger and moved forward from Okay, there. we'll move it forward to where you need the dagger because okay. that's really stupid too. Okay, so they go and um, so this also goes to another weird element here later on. We'll discuss that very shortly here. Um, they go to a place called Kajimi where they find out that Poe is a former spice runner. Yes. And spice being a drug, not uh, not like herbs and thyme. Or oh, you know okay. peppers or salt. Use them but, properly. They're they're a drug too. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he happens to know like a person who could break C three PO's programming to let them translate the Sith stuff here. Meanwhile, on this planet, Kylo Ren has followed them for whatever ability to find them here. Right. It's followed or no, the Knights of Ren have followed um, our crew and and Ray told, and Ray and company. So. What ends up happening at this point here is that um, they learn that 
apparently wherever they need to go, they need they need the dagger, and it's supposed to be on the moon of Endor, which is where the, the old Death Star was. But they need the dagger first. When Kylo Ren's ship gets there, Ray's like, "Wait, I sense Chewie." Which again, if you didn't have the initial scene of Chewbacca being up there at all, you could say that no, you could say that Chewie is up there, and that you sense that Chewie still had the dagger. Yeah. You know, you could have like a roar in the in the distance, and Ray kind of like feels it's like, wait, I know that roar. Chewbacca's alive. You could have had yeah. that moment, which we yeah. could have revealed. So, more of a like when she discovers it, we all discover it. So it's a lot more impactful. That actually would have been better if you were going to have him survive. I still think he should just die. I agree. So, um, and so thus as a result here, Ray, Finn, and Poe go up to the ship um, to go and save the Wookiee and get the dagger. Poe and Finn go and save the Wookiee, but as a result are captured along the way because they fail to get out of the ship. Right. Um, and we get to meet our own friend, General Huxley, again. Yeah. Who's been kind of just stalking in the background. Um, they've He's decided- so resentful and full of venom. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Love him. But, yeah, I do too. I'm, I, I'm, I'm upset with what happens shortly thereafter. So. Yeah. Um, there is somebody who could have embodied all the Sith. No. Yeah. Too Weasley. Could... Too Weasley, and I don't mean that in the Harry Potter sense. Oh, I think you could have had him. Him suddenly. He uh, he has the right he has the right kickable face for it. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. He has the right kickable face. Um, what ends up happening here is that the the Imperi- the first order here has decided that Chewbacca Finn Chewbacca Finn and Poe are to die. Um. Just about just as they're about to die, General Huxley decides, no, I'll be the one to kill him. And he k- takes out the stormtroopers that were going to kill him, and then reveals to them, "Is like, I'm the spy." And his rationale for being the spy is that he doesn't care if they win or not. He just wants to make sure that Kylo Ren loses, because apparently he's been loser. Well, again, because he was abusing him back on. Back at the end of episode eight, just basically like just force crushing his um, neither regions <laughs> to that's better explain it. That's a that's an interesting way of of terming it. It is. I mean, I think that's the best way to describe it. Um, but so, I, I would have liked it if Kylo Ren was still doing that to him, just still just showing how much of more powerful he is versus him, and that really just putting him in his place. But it makes sense that if, if if he's going to be the spy, maybe this is the reason why he's the spy. It does make sense at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Ray takes a bit of getting there, though. Yeah. Um, he eventually leads him to the Millennium Falcon, which is there in the on Kylo Ren's ship. So they retrieve the Millennium Falcon again, which is how old is the Millennium Falcon now? It's got to be at least a couple. It's it, it's it's a, like fifty years old. It's is a, it, it's it a, wasn't new. It's assumed that when Han Solo, the movie is going on, when they first escape Corellia, which is the planet Han, that Han Solo starts on, yeah. they're actually building the Millennium Falcon there. Okay. And that Lando Carizian either bought it or won it off of a game of somebody else, which is how he has it, give or take, three or four years, four or five years later. Not well explained. But I have to assume the ship has got to be at least... 40? 40 to 50 years old. If you, or I would assume maybe 50 years old at this would point. Would you fly on a 747 that was that old? In space, you know, yes. Really? 
I do I trust it? No, but will I fly in it? Yes, if it's the only thing that's taking me it's from kind of going like going on Frontier Airlines or Spirit. Oh, well, I'm not flying on Spirit. I'm just saying. It reminds me too. A... Bu- reminds me too much of Sprint. Okay. Well, so. I'm just saying. I agree. Oh, I agree. Um, but no, yeah, no, it's a piece of junk. They all they all kind of agree it's a piece of junk. It's a fast piece of junk, but it's still a piece of junk. Uh, meanwhile, Ray Ray has gone to go get the dagger. Apparently, Kylo Ren lives in an all white room. Yeah. So he just happens to have it there, and he also happens to have the Darth Vader helmet again. The the. But he's not in the room. It's important that you say he's not okay. in the room. He is not in the room. He is on the planet while Ray is in space. Right. And yet, and somehow, when we say when we say helmet, we don't mean the thing he goes sporting around. We mean the thing that's all melty. Darth Vader's helmet, helmet that got melted at the end of Episode Six when he got right. the the uh, fire treatment. Yep. So, um, which again, I would have liked it if his Force Ghost just disappeared. It did that like the suit of armor just his body just disappeared in the suit of armor. Yeah. But again, back in the day, we didn't know how this. You works. didn't get your wish. No, I don't get a lot of my wishes in Star Wars. <laughs> Which is true for a lot of Star Wars fans. We don't get what we all want. But, you know, like like the like the famous poet Mick Jagger said, if you keep on trying, you get what you need. If you try, try, try. So, um, as a result here, so, again, some sort of th- weird thing happens here where, like, apparently there are a dyad in the Force. This goes back to Episode Eight where they're somehow communicating through the Force. They're linked, they're mind-linked, they're... Something or other. He's topless. Yeah. No, that's an eight. So, uh, but he's on the planet, she's up in space, and now they're just like circling around each other. And clearly, like, they're not in the same place, but they can interact with each other. He doesn't know where she is. No, he she, can't see. He can't see where she is. No, and that, that's frequently an element that he can't tell where she is at all. Yeah. But she can apparently tell where he is, but, or, but he can't see where she is. Um, but they end up having a lightsaber fight. Despite being in two different places, places, yet somehow they're interacting with one another. It's kind of cool. Now, the only reason the Empire knew where they were on the first planet that they went to was because somehow Kylo Ren, like, grabbed a necklace that was on Rey, ripped it off her, and somehow he had it wherever he was. So somehow, yeah. forced teleportation teleportation suddenly is existing now. Yeah. Um, which comes up to a point later on as well. But somehow yeah. they're fighting in a room, and yet they're not there at all. They're not yeah. there, there. They're in two different places. They're basically... If I you actually to, think that was really well edited. It, I like how it's well edited because clearly it's either the same movement and tracking shots with the camera or they're repeating it as they're doing it the entire time, which I think is a cool element because it's not something we've ever seen before. Yeah, it's really well shot. Yeah, and, I, and the only reason Kylo Ren eventually realizes that where she is is because they somehow knock the pedestal over that's holding on to the Darth Vader helmet. And it shatters. And it shatters, and the Darth Vader helmet lands where Kylo Ren is at, outside of the ship, and he's like, oh, so that's where you are. It's not like there's more than one of that. Yeah. Um, Rey escapes, now she's got the dagger with them. The Millennium Falcon picks him up, but in between this entire process, this is where Kylo Ren has explained to Rey that um, Palpatine was your father. You were not you were not Billy D. Williams, by the way. Is... Oh yeah, Lando Carizian is back. Yeah. Billy D. Williams is back. Thank goodness he's back. We needed some class in this movie. Yeah. Uh, living class, not that Leia is not classy, but yeah, no, Carrie Fisher's not around it. anymore. And 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 if you were gonna save the Wookiee, 
you could have done something between the two of them. You get a little hint yeah. of it, but yeah. It would have been nice. To see. It, it would have been nice if Billy Dee Williams had a more crucial element in this yeah. movie. Um, because My, cause it, it, cause it, it was just waiting. To, again, the band got back together. Use the band. Yeah. Yeah, so. it, it seemed to me like like they wasted an opportunity. They brought him back. Mm-hmm. And 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 they brought you know Chewie back from the dead, and they wasted the opportunity to to sort of use them in more because I really it is the best part about Solo is watching the 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 relationship develop between Han and and Chewie. Yeah, I would have liked that been like, hey buddy, old pal, it's nice to see you again. You know, like it would have been like what I hope if they do it correctly uh-huh. that it's Chewie. And Lando on their own adventure. That'd be fun. Which, again, for an aging Billy D. Williams to like just do like even just a cameo in some of the other yeah. movies, yeah, would be worth it at the end of the day. Yeah. I think. Um, but again, moving on with the story. Um, Ray, Finn, Chewie, Poe—they're all out on their way to Endor to go get to the remains of the Death Star. Um, along the way, they meet other stormtroopers. Or at least former stormtroopers. These are do we, people. Do we need to talk about about the wiping of C three PO's? Hey, so in order to get the um, Sith language thing going, they have to wipe. Uh, they have to basically do a factory reset on C three PO because and they can't back him up first, and I don't understand why. Because our two units apparently are not very memory banks are not very good. Apparently, they're very very old, like nineteen eighties computer banks. They don't keep data very well. They're not our modern, you know, um, uh, modern but, but hard drives. Right before they erase him, why can't they back him up? Because they don't have the time. Apparently, it okay. would take time. Oh, okay. I, okay. That, that would be my logic. That would be my logic on that. Because who knows okay. how many terabytes of so he's, data. So he, he very sweetly looks at all of them before they wipe him, and mm-hmm. they say, "What are you doing? I'm taking one last look at my friends." Mm-hmm. It's kind of a sweet moment. I would have liked it if C three PO got left there and the, he he wasn't around anymore. <laughs> no, and I, don't, I don't know, and I don't mean that in a, I don't mean that I don't mean that in a negative way. You're but mean. It, I'm not. If, if this is the last story, it's okay for characters to die. Yeah. yeah if no, C three PO dies at the end of the day, it's okay. He doesn't have to continue being there for more movies at all. There's no plot armor. There's, you know, again, you don't need to have plot armor. Yeah. Because General Huxley clearly doesn't get any plot armor himself. Oh gosh, he was so delightfully evil, and and then he's gone. So he gets off by a apparently a more senior or similarly seniored officer, who apparently in the process like he te- of getting Finn, Poe, and Chewie to the Millennium Falcon, he's like, shoot me in the arm. They'll never believe me otherwise if you don't shoot me, which is kind of like a very funny kind of thing. Like, if you don't shoot me, they won't believe me that like I did this at you know I I resisted, and you, they shoot him in the leg, and he, so he kind of hobbles on a cane. Um, the older general kind of just picks up a blaster, turns around, poof, kills him. He's done. And then he looks, and then he looks into the camera and is like, "Tell Kylo Ren we found the traitor." I hate the way he went out, but like, yeah, it's kind of the way he had to go out. I see, and I, I disagree because I, I still think, rather than having the emperor, now that you know, Huxley is the, is the bad guy. Why couldn't you have him appear in that stadium before all the Sith at the end and have them all embody him? Oh, it was like a third option? Yeah. I, I, 
if it had been set up better, maybe. But like by the time we get to like the the, the third movie here, like he's like there for like minutes. I know, but he's, 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 I, I just don't like them bringing. Okay. I, I don't think, like them bringing the emperor back. So right, again, yeah, okay. no, totally agree. Yeah, or maybe if the emperor was going through him, that would be more interesting too. Yeah, see now that could work. Yeah, if the emperor had been working against Snoke by going through him, and mm-hmm. Snoke were not not a creation but a real person. Because in the legends books of Star Wars, which there are a many, this is right. the this is the original timeline that was built back off of back after 1983 when the original Return of the Jedi finished. The books started coming out. Yeah. Um. There's a line that Darth play that Darth Sidious, uh, that Emperor Palpatine, who was Darth Sidious, said that he he knew a guy named Darth Plagueis who was able to figure out a way to, you know, to save life and extend life and so forth. So oh, it could have, so it could have been him. Okay. So the way the way the Legends book says is that uh, Darth Sidious wasn't able to do that, but he was able to create clones of himself that were able that he was able to send his spirit to inhabit later, which is how he came back multiple times in the books later on. Okay. That his oh. spirit transferred into a clone, which would make sense for a movie, if, especially if Huxley was going to be the emperor at the end of the day. I think it would have been excellent. Yeah, because it's just so wirely and evil. And if you had realized that, no, he actually he was kind of helping to everything along, and he just wanted to be, he just wanted a slightly different role this time, and didn't want to let out that he was yeah. for it sensitive. That would have been yeah. interesting. Yeah, especially if him and Snoke weren't in. Um, well, the idea that you could have him working alongside mm-hmm. Kylo Ren, so he he could be keeping an eye and know everything that was going on. Yeah, but deep down inside, be intending to take over. Yeah, or his intention there was were, always, there were better storylines. There were options. Yeah. So, um, Ray at the end of the day. Um, so back on Endor here now. The sto- the stormtroopers have come to um, come help get people over to the the Death Star because the time is at a crunch here. Again, 16 hours. Why does it have to be hours? Why can't it just be any day now this is going to yeah. happen? Like, yeah. why does it have to be hours? It could be tomorrow. It could be a week from now. We don't know how much time we have left. Right. It makes more sense. Yes. I agree. Um, so we meet a collection of uh, former stormtroopers that basically saw what the Empire was doing and uh, the first star was doing and said, no, we're not going to do that. That's dumb and stupid. Or we're killing civilians. Or I thought we were here to protect civilians. So now they're on Endor. Finn meets him, and he has like you know a brotherly sister sort of relationship with a new um, character who I can't remember her name to save my life because it. Uh, but I'll put it in the show notes. Cool black chick. Yeah, like you get the notion that it's Finn's like older or younger sister in some yeah. sort of way. So they go yeah. back to explaining um, that. Ray, on the other hand, has decided she's going to go to the... Now, mind you, like, there's this big body of water. If you've seen it in the trailer, there's a giant body of water divided. It's not just a body of water. It's a tsunami. Violent tsunami of water. Yeah. Ray gets onto the other side, uh, to the Death Star. She's climbing up. Interesting notion. that thing By that herself. She, by herself. But she was a scavenger. She was used to doing this back Okay, on, but, but how did on, she... Okay, you, you missed the whole, the whole dagger thing. Oh, oh, yes, okay, yes. Okay, so so we're going to back up a little bit here. Why the dagger doesn't mean... Why, why the dagger. Why... So, so she's holding the dagger, and she realizes that the curve of the handle matches a curve on the Death Star. And then she notices that there's a peg on the dagger that you can pull out from the other side of the handle, mm. and it matches a pattern of... of on the Death Star uh, itself. Yeah, the, the uh, ring. And, and, and when we talk about patterns, we're talking about the pattern of the ruins of what's left of it. 
like like you had to be standing in that specific spot for that to work for that to work and and none of it and none of it despite the fact that you were in this violent water environment nothing's moved nothing's deteriorated further i mean we're talking like ruins we're also assuming that like this dagger which in theory you had to been around let's give the benefit of the doubt 20 years well the dagger's been had, gone for what 30 well well mind you like when this dagger shows up like the dagger theoretically is about 20 years old maybe we're assuming but like again like these are ruins what's not knocked down and and the little peg thing is actually showing where the um death stars uh um, where the locator is well, not what just locator is but it's meant to line up with the um where exactly it is on there but yeah no yeah no th this is a total mockery which is why i think the dagger was an addition that gave the reason to save chewbacca at the end of the day because at the end of the day here, like you could have gotten to the, you could have gotten to this ship, realized what you need to know, and then gotten to, um, you know, even if, even if you have found this dagger one way or another, or found this dagger that said there was ancient information or something, um, and maybe that somehow you later go on to learn that, oh yeah, the last time this was seen was at the death, the second Death Star. You get to the second Death Star here at some point. I think this dagger is purely in a, in a, in a rewrite that helps get back the Wookiee. Because then they had to make it important that the dagger was so important that it needed to happen. That you had to have the physical dagger. Yeah. And, I, and again, this is one of those times in which I think there was a rewrite in which it was like, well, wouldn't it be really cool if the dagger like showed exactly where you needed to go on the Death Star because it's ruins? But like... No, I absolutely agree. Like, how would you figure that out if you weren't in the exact spot? She just happens to be standing right where you need to stand. I mean, what's so improbable about that? I mean, maybe the notion <laughs> that... I mean, maybe that this is just like an island and it, like, occurs and the only place to see the remains of it were just right where you were. Maybe? Wherever you were standing, it might work. I don't know. Nah, no clue here either. Like, it's... It's, again, suspension of disbelief. You have to let it... You have to just kind of let it believe that that's how it works. Um, Ray, mind you, the fun part, fact I like here is that the thing Ray is climbing on would have been the same thing that Alec Guinness, when he was Obi Wan Kenobi, was was it's, also it's on fun. turning off the shields for the uh, the tractor beams for the first Death Star. Yep. So that's kind of a nice, cute little nod and tie in. Um, they make their way to what was the remains of the throne room for the Death Star, where the Palpatine would have been at. Ray finds a secret room that suddenly apparently still opens because apparently there's power on this ship on this thing still <laughs> even though even though it's been gone for how many years I mean, for like 30 plus years but darn it it still's got it still's got power enough to hold open a door um ray finds the wayfinder we're not being sarcastic by the way no we're really not i mean like we, we again okay. the improbabilities in this movie are just one of those things you have to live with to get through yep um what's interesting about this scene though is that ray find ray finds the wayfinder but then meets herself as Empress Palpatine. Yeah. And she's got a really wicked double lightsaber blade and like it's also crackling kind of like uh, Kylo Ren's as well. That that unstable thing. Yeah, and she fights basically herself for a couple minutes and then like gets scared by like this nasty sort of like hiss sort of thing that the that her doppelganger does, which is not real, it's just a force vision of some sort. And guess who's outside of there? 
Kylo Ren is outside waiting for her to come out. He's just hanging. Just there randomly, apparently. <coughs> How did he know exactly where to meet, find her at? Well, you know, they have that connection. I guess. Um, and somehow the Wayfinder just happens to fall out of her hand as she's exiting the room. Kylo Ren gets it right into... He's able to catch it right away and just destroys it. He crushes it in his hand. So powerful. So at this point here, they have a sword. They have a lightsaber fight. Realistically, the real lightsaber fight of the entire movie, really. You know, they're, yeah, that's true. They, I'll, give, I'll give you that. Yeah, it's really the only real lightsaber fight of the entire movie, I want to say. Um, their battling basically was on like what feels like would have been like the trench run of the... Of the Death Star, although it's clearly not that big. It's barely maybe like 10, 15 wide on either side, maybe. um, Again, also somehow Poe, Finn has caught up with them at this point. But Rey doesn't make it look easy. Like, she got up there pretty easily. Yeah. So, um, basically this is fight between Rey and and Kylo Ren. What is the point of Poe being there, by the way? Oh, Finn, uh, basically just to kind of call out to her again. I don't know what the purpose is at all, if only just to say that she left. Yeah. And to find a to have a tangible reason to say, like, she left or something. Okay. Kylo Ren, they have this nice prolonged kind of fight, kind of does show off how, like, they're equal elementally masters of what their craft is at this point. Although Kylo Ren clearly seems to have the advantage... Yeah. If there's an advantage to be had. Yeah. Um, well, he, he was professionally trained. And she yeah. was you know, trained she, by Leia, kind of. Yeah. Who really is not a practicing Jedi. She's more of a, a Jedi in name only. You know? Yeah. So. She's force sensitive. Yeah. Um, Kylo Ren's about to strike down Rey, but Leia reaches out to the Force, through the Force, gets his attention, and distracts him enough for him to drop his saber. Rey picks it up and stabs him with it instead. The next moment, have you ever seen the, the Disney version of Rapunzel? Yes, I love the Disney version of Rapunzel. Okay, and she wraps her hair, and what happens? Oh, she sings a song. She sings a song, she wraps her hair around things, and what happens? And it heals it. And it heals it. So Ray, Ray showed this power earlier in the film. With, where with, she, a, with, with the a magic snake. With a magic snake was where they found the dagger. Where they found the dagger, yes. Um, she but, heals this hissing snake, and the snake's so happy, it goes away. Yeah, um, but so Ray ends up healing uh, Kylo Ren. Leia passes out. She technically dies, but we're yeah. not saying it out loud. Yeah. Um, the movie's not very. The movie's not very transparent about that. Like Ray, yeah. Leia just dies at this point. Um, her body's lying in in wait. Yeah. Um, Ray ends up uh, taking. Ray ends up uh, taking Kylo Ren's ship and flies away with it. While um, Kylo she Ren, leaves, she leaves Kylo. She leaves Kylo Ren there. Well, Kylo Ren has like been healed all of a sudden from a saber, from a lightsaber wound, which is basically yeah. just right as his not a, his, like right through his spleen. Yeah, like not something you usually walk away from easily, yeah. if at all. Yeah. She he does though. Well, you know he's magical. Though. So everyone kind of split, splits away at this point. Uh, Finn and Poe and Chewbacca return back to the base, and they've got kind of nothing more to do at this point. They've got no new angles to visit and they don't know what to do next they're now just realizing that Leia is dead all of a sudden and somehow Poe's been put in charge why is he in charge he doesn't seem like <laughs> the guy that would be the one you would put in charge 
didn't eight didn't didn't in eight we decide that he shouldn't be? Well, I mean, he's kind of redeemed himself at the very end, where he's like, "No, wait, Luke's trying to help us here. Let's not fight with him. He's giving us a chance to escape." Hey, yeah, he's the one who figures out that that's just a distraction. Yeah. So, and that particular point, maybe he's the best to do it, but like, clearly, like there were other people there instead. There was Wedge's son, who's the one other pilot that guy there. Yeah. There was Wedge's son. He seems like a good candidate for that. He would have seemed like a slightly better candidate for that at the end of the day. Yep. You know, there was also General Akbar, who was the fish guy. Yeah. There was his son there, too. He could have been a possible candidate for this as well. There's a Wick? No, no. Wick, no, Wick is the is the little um, okay. uh, furry dude from episode uh, six. Okay. Um, they're not Wookiees. I, I, I they're, get confused. Yeah. Um, so they go back there. In the meantime, Kylo Ren is still left on the Death Star, and Han Solo visits him. Not as a ghost, more but of just he, like a vision, because, again, like, when we see Force ghosts, they're all, like, translucent and light blue. And he's blue. not at all. And Han Solo's not translucent. But he's very real. He's, he, he appears to be quite real at the end of the day, absolutely. Which is why, which leads me to believe this is Kylo Ren having an existential crisis. Well, you know, for so many. Which is not very often that you get to use that phrase at the end of the day, which is why I love saying it. An existential crisis and realizes that, and he repeats the thing, like, you know, I'm afraid that, I'm afraid. I don't, of, I, I don't have the, I, I, don't, I don't have the strength to do it. I know do. what I have to do, but I'm afraid I don't have the strength to do yeah. it. Which is a line from previous movie. Oh. He oh, says that, he, he says, says that, that. when he goes to kill Han Solo, yes. Yes. I, I thought you were talking if it was from a different movie, you know. No, no, no. Um, on every movie, though, there is a line that says, I have a bad feeling about this. That's apparently a phrase that gets repeated very frequently in all the movies. It's uh, a catchphrase. It's good. It's, it's, it, it, I don't think it's the great, I don't think it's a great one, but it's still decent. Yeah. Um, so, Han, so Kylo Ren, after having this nice heartfelt sort of moment with his they, father. His father touches his face. You know, it's like, yeah, you can do it. Um okay. Throws away his his red Save, his red saber, saber his red cross guard saber, the, the the fuzzy thing. Yeah, and um, and it's left ambiguous what happens to him at that point here. Yeah. So we'll come back to Kylo Ren a little bit later. Ray, on the other hand, has gone to the planet that Luke Skywalker was on, taken Kylo Ren's ship, and basically decided to put it on fire and hurt it, so it can't fly anymore. Yeah. And she comes to the notion that you know what? Yeah, I've done some pretty horrible things. I've killed Leia because she reached out to the Force and understood that her killing her son was, you know, killed her, which is why she healed him and ran away, that she agrees with Luke Skywalker at this point that's like, yeah, Je Jedi the, Je the Jedi need to die, the Force needs yeah. to die with with this, the, this cannot continue, da-da-da. She's about to throw away the the her light, the Luke, Luke the Skywalker lightsaber. Yeah. Um, and sure enough, the force ghost of Luke Skywalker shows up as like, I was wrong. You know, basically his notion is that I was wrong. I what I was doing was me being afraid of what would happen, and you can't be afraid anymore because that's not really an option for you. At the end of the day, so uh, I thought it was interesting because in in eight he's so sure that he was right, but then he returns at the end, and, yeah, and and he gives his life. And takes the stand. I mean, it always disappointed me that he wasn't the Clint Eastwood we expected him to be. 
Yeah, that, that he wasn't a, a, a positive force. In the, he, in the he'd universe. Gone, he'd become a re recluse. And, and it always bothered me that he had done that, although I understood why it had to happen from a storyline standpoint. But, um, you know, that's why it seemed fitting the way he died. So yeah. then here he, here he is now. The, and the one I don't get, thing I don't get about, about aid is really why Yoda des destroys the library. I, I think he does it as a as a for the for Luke Skywalker again like Yoda, just do it just be done just, just be done with it or don't be done with it at all but like you had the option to be a teacher here and you lost the option and you failed yeah, to be a failed, teacher because yeah. you had this great option and yeah we all fail but isn't failure the greatest teacher of us all yeah and you know Luke and Yoda being this wide old wiser older master which again I mean like. If we had Luke, I understand that Luke being gone and cutting himself off from the Force would have not allowed Yoda to do that. Yeah. And then that night where he summoned the pole to fight with Rey was him connecting back with the Force to get there. Yeah. Which is how Yoda was able to reach back out to him again finally. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I would have, I, I like the notion that Luke Skywalker is kind of like this older mentor in the vein of Obi-Wan Kenobi now for Luke yeah. at that point. I wish we had more of him, though. I I love Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. He's just I do too. And 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 you know, here you had him saying I was wrong. Yeah, which I is, appreciate that. Yeah, which is very much him. You know, because again, like Ray never actually sees Luke Skywalker fight Kylo Ren at all. Right. It's it's heavily implied, but she re realizes when he dies. Yeah. But I don't think she realized why he dies or that he ever had a chance to apologize to her. Or, or to tell her yeah. to seek her, her personal truth. So um, so he apologizes and said, yeah, I was wrong. What you, you, know, you had the right idea to go save him or to be a force in the galaxy. You, so you I saw was what I didn't see. You saw yeah. the goodness in him. You saw the light. Da, da, yeah. da, da, da. Okay. So um, as a parting gift, he gives her two things. He gives her apparently Leia's lightsaber, which, Le which he recounts that Leia, when she was finished with her training, gave her saber to Luke to say, I can't be a Jedi because I saw in a vision that me being using the force here was what caused my son to die. Yeah. You know, and so she gives up her saber despite the fact that she was qualified to use one. And so she mentions that I'm going to pass it on to somebody who can continue my journey as a Jedi. And so gives it to uh, Rey to continue the journey with. Cause, so right. now she's got... Luke's old lightsaber, which was Anakin's, and she's got um, the lightsaber from Leia now. Yeah. But also because the ship is destroyed, Luke's like explains to her, he's like, no, there's you can still do this. The Wayfinder didn't get destroyed in the ship at all, thankfully. And lo and behold, there is Luke Skywalker's original X-wing. But if you'll recall, mm -hmm. you do see the X-wing under the water in eight. You do, yes. It's it's like hidden there. You know, you, you see she it. She sees it. She sees it down there as mm -hmm. sort of a shipwreck. Yeah. So it also mirrors when Yoda pulled the ship up out of the water, and so Luke is now yeah. doing it himself. Yeah. So, um, so we get to the third act finally. Ray takes the X Wing with the navigational thing, and she charts her way to uh, the Sith planet, which I believe is known as Exegol. Yep. She leaves markers behind for Finn, Poe, and the rest of the crew. To be able to follow. Um, also, by the way, um, so R2-D2 and C-3PO meet each other again, C-3PO not knowing who anybody is, which is, a, if you were going to do that, and if you are going to have that as a joke, please continue that being a constant joke. Yeah. 
Yeah, instead he restores him and he's just missing. So, yeah, it's just missing like the last day or two. Yeah. Apparently R2-D2 did store his data and so it wasn't like that big, of, that bad at all. Yeah, I, I would have rather, had, I, had, I'm with you, I would have rather had the humor. I would have either either appreciated the humor more or let it be, or, or, or the fact that they were escaping off that planet with the knowledge that C-3PO gets lost along the way, which would make sense because it's a droid that doesn't move very fast. Because yeah. it's a tra- it's a it's a it's a protocol droid. It's a translator droid. It's not meant to, to be. be. It's not to be quick or fast. The fact that he's moving through, moving around at such speed like a human is actually very off-putting to me. Yeah, because it's not the way it was supposed <clears> to be. <throat> um, anyway, so Ray gets down to the planet and confronts the Emperor, who explains to her that I never wanted you know that originally. Palpatine went to go find his kids and the daughter because the daughter was strong with the Force. Palpatine realized that. But the parents gave themselves up, you know, gave themselves up and hid the daughter with the intention of keeping the daughter safe at the end of the day. So they gave up their lives, you know, at the end of the day. But Palpatine's men... Does this remind you anything of Rogue One? Yeah. Yeah, but but it's a constant kind of feeling theme at the end of the day. It is. It is. Um, a lot of people were hoping that um, by the time that Rogue One came out that um, Kira and um, Cassian were the parents of Rey. We find out by the end of the movie that's not an option, but that was the hope of a lot of people by that movie. Well, see, I wanted Kira to be the, the parents of Rey. Yeah, I think that would have been more interesting. Um, or not Kira, but whoever... Um, yeah, I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah. So the, the lead actress, so uh, Felicity Jones. Yeah. Um, all that ends up happening, and so Ray is in front of Palpatine, and Palpatine's basically notion here is that what you need to do is that you're going to become the new Empress, and so to do that, you are going to strike me down. My spirit will flow into you, and so now you will be all. I am all of the Sith that I've ever been around. Thus, now you will be all the Sith that were that, and I will inhabit you. Yeah, I will inhabit you, and we will rule the galaxy together. Um. Meanwhile, the Resistance has followed, um, before they've left, Lando and Chewie have taken the Millennium Falcon, and they're going to go rally other people to come and help them. Because they've got a very, like, motley crew. If you, if, you, if you make the call, they will come. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, if you build it, they will come. Yeah, exactly. Which is one of my favorite work stories ever. Because I have a great work story for that. Oh, okay. Um, but... Um, so they go to go. They go after that. In the meantime, though, there's maybe like a dozen ships in total for the resistance. A couple X wings. They are down to the, a like Y wing, yeah. an A wing, one, you know, frigate. At the end of the day, they are down to like the bare bones of anything. And so, the hope is that with the chart kind of laid out for them how to get to there, that Lando and and Chewie will go and collect people. Will collect people to come and fight on behalf of. But this the, is going to be like the last. Stand. But this is the last stand. Like we got to stand, otherwise we don't ever. Yeah. Um, if you let this fleet take take yeah. force, then you're done. So the resistance plan is that um, the ships are still kind of landlocked on the planet right now. They need right. a beacon to get out because it takes beacons to get in. You're right. So what they have in order to get out of the atmosphere is there's a ground beacon at the bottom which would help guide the ships up and out into the atmosphere they don't have their own atmosphere as satellites i guess or something yeah it's convenient sort of uh deus machina sort of element um so the initial idea here is that 
underneath the ships all have like the super weapon. If you destroy the super weapon, it'll over, it'll basically it'll backfire. It'll backfire of. on the ship and it'll blows up. It'll blow up the ship. But to keep the ships down first, you got to get rid of the beacon. While the beacon is down for a short period of time, you can take out the ships. Yeah, because they won't be able to do anything. Uh, well, the first order sees them coming, turns off the beacon, and redirects it to the capital ship that's leading everybody. And so the notion was that pu- that Finn was going to go down with a small strike team to disable the satellite, a la uh, Return of the Jedi, where Han Solo and the team go to take out the shields sur- uh, surrounding the Death Star, or the second Death Star, while Finn and the rest of the pilots and people in the space were taking out the ships. Right. Um... What ends up happening is that Finn, that the one on the ground stops working, so they direct everybody to the capital ship, where they land and they ride off and they go and destroy that beacon, so the, all the ships are stopped from going around, moving anywhere. They're now sitting ducks. Yeah, Finn knows that it's just gonna they're gonna transfer the signal to another ship. They just need to power up another beacon to do it. So he decides that he's gonna stay on the ship, hack a turret gun to fire at the um, uh, bridge of the ship. Meanwhile, Finn is going through space here. He's losing people. They lose, they lose Wedge's son. How unfortunate. Uh, but everyone's kind of being picked off, and he's like, I'm so sorry, guys. We didn't make it. I, I thought we could do it. And lo and behold, Lando tells him, oh, don't count it out yet. We turn to where the Millennium Falcon is, and there is a fleet of just random ships. A fleek fleet. Well, it is... It is it is like going into like the graveyard of like an auto zone of like a of like a car lot that's like the size of like um, the the uh, the size of like the biggest stadiums you've ever seen. They're piled high, including the parking lot as well. There's, yeah. Now, what'll be interesting in DVD mm. releases here is that people who have already spot out different kinds of ships from the various Star Wars uh, series, like you do yeah. see. One of the capital ships from uh, Episode Three, from the Clone Wars. You see a couple other ships, which have been smaller ships that have been represented in the uh, various TV shows and, and other movies. So, like, you see a collection of different ships. Yeah, it'll be fun to who will be able to figure out what ships are really there at the end of the day. Yeah. And special features when that comes out. So now they've got a fleet to help them out. So all these people just came. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, back Quickly. in the very quickly too yeah no like didn't have to pack or anything no well if you live on a ship you basically already packed Uh, Ray back on the planet here has kind of begrudgingly agreed that she could stop all the fighting happening above her if she just kills Palpatine meanwhile he he is trying to tempt her though by saying see they're all gonna die yeah. All you have to do to save your friends is is take is come my over lo- to me. Come over to me, embrace the dark side. Let me take over your body, and I and we'll make sure that this, you know, this we get back to an art. We'll get this will all stop. It all get better. Okay. Um, meanwhile, though, we see Kylo Ren has, and mind you, he's already been saved twice. Okay, he's been saved. He's he's been saved by the Rapunzel. Rapunzel type and he got saved when he, he, when he tumbled on the ship yeah yeah so um, at this point here he is he has somehow commandeered in a tie fighter and is gotten to the planet again he has landed he has gotten there and he is running to um help Ray at this point here because he knows where he knows what it, the place is now 
And he and he knows and he knows that she's Palpatine's granddaughter. Yes. So um, he kind of realizes the machinations of Palpatine. He's been right. plotting and saying, "Well, I'm just going to kill Palpatine, and yeah. I'll be the one in charge now." So, yeah. Um, but who should stop him? But the Knights of Ren. No, we haven't yeah. talked a whole lot about the Knights of Ren, really, because they don't really serve a greater purpose. We're not even sure who the Knights of Ren, Ren are. are at all. Um, lore, or at least some of the books for it, have stated that the Knights of Ren are an ancient order of beings that have either always been manipulated by Palpatine or some nature of force like that. But well explained, no, it's not. So. Oh, you almost sounded like Yoda there. Yeah, so, I mean, I won't attempt to explain it at all so much as they're, they're henchmen of Kylo Ren. Yeah. Who and are now going th- to now fight Yes, Kylo Ren. But mind you now, Kylo Ren doesn't have any tools of the Jedi with him at all. He's got no lightsaber or anything because on him. Because he threw his out. Yes. Like, into the ocean. He hurled it and turned around and his father was gone. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So... Um, so Ray agrees. She pulls up her lightsaber. She kind of, you know, preps it behind her back. And she's going to go swing. And as she brings her hand back out like she's going to swing, the lightsaber is gone. It's an amazing magic trick. And where does it reappear? So Kylo Ren, who we're now, for the sake, we're going to call Ben Solo because apparently he gets redeemed. Yeah. Also had his hand behind his back. And now he's holding Luke Skywalker's, Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. lightsaber. And Ray pulls out Leia's lightsaber. And so uh, apparently there are the Red Guards that are there. Ray takes out the Red Guards that were guarding Palpatine. Ben Solo takes out the Knights of Ren who were trying to get him. They meet with each other and you've got this perfect element where they're both kind of like holding up their lightsabers ready to fight. Pointing at Palpatine. And Palpatine's just like, aww. How cute. I set this up. Oh, look at this. And he just kind of force pushes them, the sabers out of their hands, takes them to the ground, and does something to them, which kind of like drains a little bit of force out of them. Like a Dementor. Yes. Go back to Harry Potter. Like a Dementor. Yes. I don't think he intended to do it either, because he looks at it kind of like surprised, like, oh, what did I just do here? Yeah. And if you look at his hands, his hands are very wrinkly and like they've been dead, and he's missing a finger in one of them. And suddenly they're like growing back. A dyad in the force. Now, mind you, like a dyad is a Dungeons and Dragons character, which is considered elite, considered like a forest folk. And forest folk are usually, in this case, which are very kind of like nice and light, nice and polite, kind of like spirits are known to heal, like druids. Which is why they keep saying dyad. They're kind of alluding to something else. If you, if well, you, yeah, if and you he's know absorbing the power, and suddenly he's he's de aging. Yeah, so he realizes what they are. He literally sucks the force out of them and real and heals them. So where he didn't have like his nice, cool, kind of glowy red eyes, they suddenly per they suddenly perk back up and they are glowing the bright orange and red again. And he's absorbed their power. He was on like a machine that was kind of like moving him around. He's not yeah. on that anymore. He's sitting down. And in the meantime, you're in this hall. And and it reminded me of the the hall of the Senate from way back when. Yes, because it's very dark. It's there's very stairs. Dark. It's there's a very, lot of people watching. Yeah, and there's all these Sith looking on, and you don't ever actually see the Sith faces. No, but you hear the voices and you see the shapes. Yes, they're all wearing hoods. They're all very all uniform. Hoods. They're all very very good Sith at the end of the day. Well, you know, um, you know, that's the only way to be a Sith. Be a good Sith. So apparently now recharged and back to back to his full life. The Emperor sits down in the throne chair, which he had intended for Rey to sit down in. 
he points his hand to the sky and shoots out lightning and apparently just is the best aim in the world that just takes out all the firing resistance. Yeah. It just shocks them all and it's basically they're like... all just in, 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 in stasis like, of it, sorts. It basically, they're free-floating back down to the ground at this point because they're all like just... Like like an EMP blast happened and suddenly everybody nobody's got power at all anymore. So everybody's coming down and he's just like... <laughs> lightning everywhere. Um, at this point here, he realizes Kylo Ren's starting to get up or Ben Solo's starting to get up and he pushes Ben Solo down a pit. Life number three. Oh, well, you spoiled it now. Sorry. Um, Ray is there. So he there. goes down a chasm. Like, goes, yeah, like, so. every, like every creature goes down a chasm in this thing. It's not a Sarlacc pit. Sarlacc pit would be better. I'm just saying chasms. Chasms. Chasms are, chasms are great places to, to get rid of the bodies. Yeah. Um, Ray, on the other hand, is uh, starting to wake up now, and she hears the voices of previous Jedi now talking to her is like, hey, Ray, you can do this. To a point, you hear a number of different people. It's so cool. I actually really like this. So I actually have all the people that you hear. Oh, very good. Okay. You have both Ewan McGregor and Alec Guinness, who did Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. Um, They've kind of modified the speech for uh, Alec Guinness, because obviously he never mentions Ray at all. Okay. Um, You have Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker. Um, you have actually Ekin as uh, Ashoka, uh, Ahsoka Tano, which is from Star yeah. Wars Rebels. Yeah. Uh, you also have Freddie Pinch Jr., who is also from Star Wars Rebels. Rebels. He played uh, Ken and Jarrus. Um, you have Olivia Adabo, who was a Lu- Luminara Uduli, which was from the prequel movies, another yeah. Jedi. Uh, you have Frank Oz as Yoda. You have Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn. You have Jennifer Hale as Aya Serka, which is another Jedi from right. the prequels in Clone Wars. Uh, Samuel Jackson as Mace Windu from the prequels. And Angelique Perrin, from, who played another Jedi, Adi Galia. Uh-huh. So you have all these great Jedi, former Jedi, basically speaking to Rey, say, cheering her on. She gets up, summons both lightsabers. And you have Luke. And Luke as well. Uh, Luke, Luke as well. And she summons... Um, both lightsabers, so both Luke's and uh, both Luke's and Leia's lightsabers, and, crosses. and like crosses them, and so as the Emperor shooting lightning out, apparently lightsaber. He, well, he says, "I am all the Sith." Yeah, and so she mentions, "I am all the Jedi." You know, puts the two sabers together, defends herself against the lightning, but apparently, as we all know, if you point it back at a Sith, it will shock them, and apparently, in this case, she disintegrates and destroys Palpatine, destroys the throne. Um, all the lightning that was being absorbed kind of goes out into the crowd, and all the crowd disappears as well, slowly, from the lightning. Well, in case he was all the Sith. Yeah. Um, and after she's done with that, she just kind of passes out to the ground and dies herself. In the or, meantime, all the spaceships have now regained their ability to, to battle. And now they're all picking off the different Star Destroyers that are up there. Um, and they're all very cheerful about it. Special cameo. Um, the guy that plays uh, C-3PO which is Anthony Daniels, is the only actor to have been in all nine movies at this point. Also has a cameo on the Millennium Falcon shooting off, picking off stuff. Oh, very cool. So it was very kind of, so finally in the last movie he got to be, play himself. Self. Almost. So, that was a... Uh, Somebody who could be seen. Uh, also in the movie here, uh, Lando Calrissian and Wedge Antilles, which are the characters from uh, Return of the Jedi. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's a 36-year gap from when they did those roles, so it's the longest period of time before somebody reprised a role, which is kind of a cool little element when you think about it, you know? Yeah, like, actually, I was surprised to see him. So, um, so um, Ray, so Ray's kind of there left on the ground, as you said. Kylo Ren crawls out of this she is, pit. She's, she's dead. She's practically, she's dead. She's not no life to her. She's not moving. Uh, her eyes are open, which clearly means dead. Kyle, uh, ben Solo kind of crawls his way to her after he crawls out of the pit, comes up to her and starts doing the same thing she did to him and basically putting the force into her. Um, in the process of putting the force into her, after she wakes up, they have this very loving embrace kiss. She's just like, Ben. He's like, yeah. He giggles kind of like, yeah. And then he falls backwards and passes out. And he dies, but he turns into a ghost because his body, his body, dis- his body disappears like you would a normal Jedi would. And at the same time, who else's body disappears? Uh, Leia's body also kind of vanishes at this point same as time, well. Yeah. So, they, show, they show that happening. Um, they return back to the planet where they were all based at originally. They all get out of there alive. They have a sort of a. They have they have this biggest kind of bro hug ever with Finn, Poe, and Ray. Um, and it's it's very reminiscent of of. Um, at the end of six. Yes, where everyone kind of had like this nice little kind of party. They show other planets, yeah. um, uh, kind of Partying in cheer and, and realizing. Fireworks and yeah, and so fireworks apparently still a thing, several thousand years. Why are fireworks not a cool thing still? They're still a cool thing. I mean, I mean, I I would love them to see a laser light show in space, but I mean, yeah. Me- no, I'm not. I'm not mocking. Okay. Um, the ending scene we have here is Ray returning to Tatooine, the farm. That we first meet Luke on um, with Uncle Owen and Aunt and Aunt Faru. Um, it's basically as if nobody's ever been there because in reality, nobody has been there. The original set was left there in the middle of the Tunisian desert, and no, and they actually had to unbury part of it to do this scene. That makes sense because I've I've actually been on the Sahara mm-hmm. um, in Morocco and in in Egypt and and the sand flies. Yeah. So um, things the, get buried rather quickly. Yeah. So the original set was actually buried in sand for a long period of time. They had to unbury it out of sand to be able to do some of the scenes at. Uh, Ray kind of tours a little bit for where yeah. this home used to be at. Um, she takes Luke's old lightsaber, the Anakin Skywalker lightsaber, and Leia's uh, lightsaber, wraps them in a cloth, and just apparently digs a hole with the Force and pushes them sink, deep, yeah. uh, deep underground. Um, you see her pull out what looks like the remains of her quarterstaff, and she spins a little wheel on it. A yellow lightsaber. Ooh, she, she made She's her own, finally. Right, yeah. Turns it off, and then um, this passing woman is passing by. Elderly like, woman. Nobody's yeah. been here in a long time. You know, It's like, who are you? Ray. Ray who? And then Ray looks off into the distance. She sees the ghost of Luke Skywalker and Leia. Standing side by side. Stand, standing side by side, brother and sister, and then turns to the woman... And says uh, Skywalker, Ray Skywalker, and then the movie ends. It's and and you know as much as as so so a couple of things I liked about the ending and didn't like about it because I've heard I've heard that the ending wasn't real real popular with a lot of people, and I actually think her the ending me, scene or the or the end or the last third of the movie here, the ending scene. Okay. The 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 the. the 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 she be she becomes a Skywalker scene, mm-hmm. and I'm actually really okay with it because rather than it being a Jedi thing that she was 
born into well i mean she's kind of born into it but but from a different angle from a different angle yeah um she's a skywalker by choice yes which means she's a jedi by choice well she chooses who she wants to be at the end of the day yeah and and um and she has made her own uh lightsaber and that's her choice too and her lightsaber has a different color yeah which is again we've we've in legendary in legends material we've seen yellow lightsabers before yellow and orange are not uncommon uh yellow lightsaber in kind of the jedi mythos were for so there are three types of jedi originally so there was mm-hmm. jedi knights who were your or jedi warriors who were like basically like your blue lightsabers they were your yeah. martial law sort of people yeah. um you had jedi consulars which had the green lightsaber which were basically like more into the force than the lightsaber but then yeah. you also had jedi sentinels which were uh jedi who didn't really interact a whole lot with the jedi council they were like um sheriffs in local towns if you will okay. to go back to wild west like they they upheld law and order in the local area but they didn't have but they didn't weren't able to like marshal a lot of jedi they were kind of there as kind of like peacekeepers in that particular area and they were just there they were an outpost yeah they were kind of like an outpost sort of um and so yellow was supposed to be like the kind of people that were doing that most of the time that were meant to be out there just safeguarding the rest of the galaxy um just, but not like having, have, kind of having like a wise elder sage sort of element to them. Okay. Um, so again, seeing a yellow lightsaber, we haven't officially seen it in canon before. Now we have, so yay. <laughs> um, so you saw it twice. So I've seen it twice now. So. Because if I didn't see it the day it came out in the morning of it, I would have been spoiled, which is why I don't follow which is why I only watch the one trailer I don't go out and seek more information on on movies anymore. Because I don't want to be spoiled to what happens. Because if you watch elements in the trailer, they're all bits from the movie. And so, like, it spoils it. I would love to see a yeah, trailer... Yeah, I was unspoiled when I saw it. I would love to see a trailer in which, like, gives you, like, part of the background of the movie and entices you to go watch the movie after that. So, the meta commentary being, like, if you had seen the trailer, it would make sense. Yeah. And then watching that trailer is the first like three minutes of like the first two minutes of the movie. Yeah. Like to me, that would make more sense. So, so you, you saw it a second time, and mm-hmm. we saw it in Dolby. Yes, I which see. I thought, which I thought enhanced. I think I think the edit sound did enhance it. I re- saw it in a very standard definition because I still had to go to work, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I saw it in a very standard definition, and um, as a result of that. Um, I find the second viewing of it was a lot nicer. I had a nicer chair. Uh, the sound quality was a lot better. So I had enjoyed myself more the second time than I did the first time. Okay. But and I, also, I guess that was the question. Was, was um, how did you feel seeing it the second time, already knowing the storyline? How was that? I was able to kind of watch it with, because um, I did this also with um, Endgame as well for, Mar- for Marvel's Endgame. So I yeah. saw it one time and then I saw it again with you. Um, and so I remember watching it now a second time, kind of knowing the beats that were there, but I also had the opportunity to watch your face doing it. I'll always be able yeah. to tell like anybody and all my ki- my kids when I have them eventually, I got to watch Star Wars with my mom in the theaters. Yeah. So I was able to watch your face when stuff was happening, especially when like we thought Chewie was dead. You turned over to me and was like, is he dead? And I refused yeah. to say anything because yeah. I didn't want to... Cause I was, you didn't want to spoil it. I didn't want to spoil anything, but I got to see your face and you were just... You were heartbroken by that. You were yeah. quite upset by it. Yeah, and and for all that, I wish that I wish I still wish they would have left him dead. Yeah, I, I think, I think if there's if there's one underlying thing 
that I, I don't like is that you know Mark Mark Hamill goes to the the extent of saying it's you know the 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 Jedi are a bunch of ancient you know things that the people have held their hope onto and and they shouldn't have and and it was actually destructive it, it basically didn't let us move on. Well, so much is that the Jedi allowed the Sith to happen and they were and basically allowed the the world to get to this point and so thus they shouldn't exist because like. They're, they're, they're dangerous in their own way. They're dangerous. They, they're they're a dangerous commodity to have. Yeah, and so you know, as much as he makes that that um, analogy, analogy, you never really see the negative conf- consequences of being force positive. And I thought, okay, here you have with with Chewie passing the negative consequences of not being able to control power. Yeah, and I actually thought that was. A fitting element to the yeah. movie. It would, it would it, again. Why I think when the original director didn't have the dagger as a as an element to the movie, I think in some sort of rewrite that happened, which I think changed a lot of stuff really quickly. That they added that element in, but decided, oh no, this either they had already filmed it or they had thought it was interesting and important enough that no, this is a very nice moment. We like this, but we'll have to fix it later. So they do fix it in a reasonable way. It's just the number of occurrences to get to where you need to is just mind blowing if you allow if you remind yourself that other movies didn't do that first. Like yeah. the fact that like Ray just happens to get like that somehow like Ray happens upon Luke's Luke's lightsaber just ever so randomly. How did it wind up in wherever it was? How how did you ever how did you ever find it? How did you ever collect it? So forth. Like the rationale to get to that point is funny when you consider the notion that like doesn't How? that happen in eight? Well, it happens in they, seven. Rem- happens remember seven, seven okay, and Ray. Yeah. yeah, when when they when you, when they get to the when they get to the, the one casino. When, well, not to the casino. They get to the cantina. Cantina. Yeah. The one little yeah. ma, Maz like takes her like yeah. Somehow she has the lightsaber randomly in a, she, in a box in a box and somehow Ray just perfectly finds it. Yeah. You, you kind of are you to, drawn to that? You do have to kind of suspend your disbelief a little bit on that notion. But well, there's a lot of that, though. There's a lot of that. I think there's like a lot... Like standing in the right place for the Death Star. Again, I think there's a lot more in this movie, definitely. Um, what did you think of... What are, some, what are some of your other thoughts on the movie? Like, are, well, you, are okay. you pleased with the I ending of the movie? I'm pleased with the ending of the movie. I mean, I think, I think, I think a couple things. I think, um, I, I think they, they bowed to fandom in... Shipping her and Ben, and why mm-hmm. did and, and if if she was able to heal Ben without dying, why couldn't he heal her without dying? Except maybe her her. Well, he had never done that yet. I mean, like, so it's not well understood. Whereas where she had done it a couple of times. Where she had shown the ability to do that beforehand. So yeah. Um, Does the power get passed on, or what? Yeah, because because there's there it would have been an interesting storyline in terms of continuing, and 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 let me preface this with the fact that I've now accepted that nobody ever really dies in these things, um, you know, so maybe they bring them back, but it would have been interesting to see what world they create, how do how do they how do they seek balance, because at one point they say be the balance that I was. Um, and well, get back to the balance of the force. Yeah, get back to the balance of the force, and um, and you know that's one of the lines that's said when she's when she's on the ground and getting up and they're one of the one of the lines she hears. Yeah, yeah, one of the lines she hears, and um, 
how does how does that balance work when it's her and Ben and Ben has to learn about the light side of the force because he's not well he's, he's always known about the light side of the force but he's right, given it he more to the in dark it, but side he's given the, but, but I mean you don't just like turn it on and off like a light switch it feels like that sometimes it, it, one of the things you'll classically notice here is that if you go back to episode 3 you'll notice that when when Emperor Palpatine is fighting with Mace Windu, and he's shooting off all the lightning. His eyes start glowing, start glowing orange and red. Right. If you notice, by the time that Anakin is on Mustafar after he's killed the younglings and all the all the Jedi, all the Jedi here, his, his eyes have also starting to glow red, red as yeah. well. So a traditional element of the dark side is that your eyes begin to change because it's becoming... And that never really happens to Kylo Ren. It never really happens to Kylo Ren. It's more as if he's just on the periphery of the dark side. It's always very confusing about... Again, other stuff does a much better job of kind of explaining what the dark side is, where if you you give in to your emotions and your feelings, that's what what the dark side is. That's where your power comes from. Yeah, versus where if you're on the light side, you're allowing yourself to be tranquil and one with the Force. You're feeling the Force rather than forcing it to force, to use the Force. Yeah. As where the dark side is really forcing to use the force, so it's never really established that Kylo Ren is actually in using the dark side of the force. He might just be using the light side of the force, but just in evil ways. But again, in some cases in the in the series, it is kind of like a light switch. You either were a good guy using the using the dark side it's of the force. It's all black and white. Yeah, so you either turn the light switch off or you turn the light switch off on. See, so. and I I think I think if you were going to have a, a future story, it would be interesting to see how. How Ray and Kylo Ren manage his his switch. Yeah. Again, I, I think that if you had, I think that again as we've discussed it here, if we had General Huxley become the Emperor, mm-hmm. and that again you had like a tenth movie here because you understand that. You don't necessarily have to have a trilogy. You could have multiple films that just an ongoing story. Um, But I think that if Ben was now helping Ray and they were both training with each other, that somehow they'd be a powerhouse and come back in the next movie that they're doing different things. Or rather that... Well, how do you resist... Okay, so if if you're Emperor of the World, how do you resist using it for evil? How do you... I mean, how does a, how does a person with a gun not resist shooting the person next door to him? There's consequences to it, so you have to realize yeah. that whatever you do will have consequences, thus so forth. Um, again, I I would have liked the movie to move in a different direction, which would have allowed, you know, to come back five years later saying, okay, what is the next trilogy of movies going to do here now? Yeah. Or how has the world changed because of this? Um, which leads us into our... How, leads, how, do, how does the world continue on? Yeah, which leads us into a very interesting question. Now that we know what the story is, what next? Because clearly there are going yeah. to be more stories. There's right. going to be... Um, if you have the option for Disney+, Plus, I highly recommend watching The Mandalorian. There's nothing special about it, except for Baby Yoda, which is not that special at all in the, in the series. <laughs> but if... But, there are patterns so that you can crochet your own Baby Yoda. Oh, well, well, part of the thing is that a lot of people were very upset there weren't the options to buy Baby Yoda toys. Oh. Because that, was, that would have been a really great... Holiday gift, yeah. holiday gift, and yeah. a lot of people were very upset about that. 
it was intentional because they didn't want to give away the fact that it was a baby Yoda in the in the series yeah. at all. And you would have had to and, have and, them and, made up. Yeah. And you would have had to have them made up months ahead of time to in order to do that, and that would have yeah. surely had leaked, leaked out beforehand. Yeah. Um, so they are doing a second Mandalorian, and they were going to be doing Obi-Wan in, I think, 2021 or 22, but they're going to do the Mandalorian first. Um, Obi-Wan will be interesting. Well, Obi-Wan, I think, is definitely going to have to take place. I would like to know about Qui-Gon Jinn, quite frankly. I, again, I would too. Again, um, I think what you're going to have for for a lot of this will be um, for the fu- for the for the for the immediate future. I'm talking the next two two to three years uh-huh. will probably be Star Wars TV shows and expansions. And I think they really want to capitalize on Star Wars only being available on Disney Plus to really shoot Disney Plus into being a viable platform for Disney. To com- yeah, to have it complete To, to take advantage of yeah. it. And eventually they could release it onto like, their Disney channel on on cable, but I think they might, in the next five years, actually stop doing that because streaming is just a much better option for them at the end of the day. Yeah. They can control the people who could get there, and if you have limited content that's only available on their platform, then it's clearly the only place you can go to get it. Yeah. So I think the future is most likely that Disney may give up their... Disney, I think, for the immediate future will just clearly have their focus on Star Wars TV shows and stuff, much the same way that well, their I, Marvel I, stuff I has... I think they'll actually divide, um, and they'll, they'll keep Disney family. Mm-hmm. So that you have... I think children's content, uh, content will stay on cable. I, uh, maybe. I, I think if you have the option to put it on streaming... And you have the option between doing like a Netflix or Disney Plus. If you have children, Disney Plus might be the better option. Because uh, as soon as all their licenses end on Netflix, they'll bring over all the Marvel movies and all the Disney shows that are on Netflix as soon as their licensing agreement ends to Disney Plus. So, okay. so eventually right. the option will be that you can watch Disney Plus and you can watch Iron Man, start from Iron Man and end at Endgame or whatever new movies come out after that. So there will be the option eventually to just watch it all in one single sitting and I'm sure there'll be a playlist for it and I'll be the first one to watch that playlist when it comes out. Uh, but as far as the movies go, I, this, Disney for the most part will take all the side stories and allow all this other stuff that's happening in the periphery to see what's happening with the main story. So like Rebels is kind of takes place in the interim between A New Hope and um, Return and Re- Revenge of the Sith so there's kind of like a little gray zone where that takes place. Okay. There's a resistance thing that's going on right now, which kind of takes place kind of in the middle of between movies, where like the resistance. Well, Rogue, Rogue took place between. Yeah, Rogue One did that, and so did Han Solo. So I think there, if there's more movies, to kind of flesh out how evil the Empire really was being, um, I think there's still chances for the actor that plays Palpatine to show up still and have roles still in movies should they want to show off how really villainous the Empire is or how much they were actually like hunting down Jedi which would be a great way you could do stories in that you could still have Darth Vader and all this other periphery stuff happening Um, so I think that's the immediate future is telling the stories of other stuff as far as the future goes I think there's two different options and both of them regard both of them take place in a time skip Okay. I think you either do way into the future, and I, when I say way into the future, the problem with that is that the actors that are playing Ray, Finn, and Poe, so you can still clearly have them available. 
even if five years, ten years into the future, you could still theoretically have them because they're not that old just yet. But clearly, they're going to want to move on to more to different to different roles at the end of the day. This will be a feather in their cap. So I think what you can do is say five years from now, you hint at a new Star Wars trilogy. Because I think if you break it up every five yeah. years, you give it enough time for it to be special Refreshed, again. Yeah. Um, and so I think you could have it either far flung in the future, where let's say 30 years from now or another 40 years or something, the galaxy is maybe at a slightly better place, but because of all these random Force users, it's becoming more like a... Um, it's becoming more vigilante instead of all unionized, maybe. Okay. And we could maybe see the outbreak of not having a centralized system to train fourth sensitive people and see the world from a galaxy that's trying to either re- reunite the force or maybe people who have now sought out the force are reading up Sith stuff. So maybe the Sith are, maybe people are calling themselves Sith Reborn or something and you have the Jedi renewed or some variation on that. Yeah. Maybe, I think, as the galaxy is, um, is... The intent being that, like, what is the galaxy like after the huge war? Are you in a peacetime or are you fighting off the remnants of the First Order still? Yeah, see, and I think there's a lot of storyline to be done there. Because remember, this battle was fought on the Outer Limits. Mm-hmm. On the Outer Rims, yeah. Outer not rims. in the Core so, Worlds. Yeah, it wasn't in the Core Worlds. And, and, and uh, you still have battleships all over the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to want to want to take over the yeah. power. And I like the notion here that, like, even though they got rid of the Emperor and they've destroyed a good majority of the First Order, the First Order really does still exist in the core worlds and the people that were still in the Empire at that point or the remains of the um, First Order are still in, very much intent on doing that. Yeah. Um, if we, we can actually see a parallel to this in the Gundam franchise. You go back to Japanese animation Gundam, which is which, you know, um, came out in nineteen came out in nineteen seventy eight. Mm-hmm. Star Wars came out in nineteen seventy seven. The Gundam is kind of modeled after Darth Vader a little bit, but also a lot of samurai stuff, which is what Darth Vader was modeled off of. Um, at the end of the One Year War in the original Gundam series, which is the nineteen seventy eight series, there are another groups of remnants of the bad guys from Gundam who are constantly creating their own little forces called Neo-Zeon, trying to reestablish the Zeon sort of franchise yeah. and moniker. So wouldn't it be unusual to say that, like, some people in the, the from the uh, Empire or the First Order have basically said, like, no, just because the Emperor is dead and we've lost this major power doesn't mean that we don't have hundreds of thousands of ships out there and we're still going to fight you guys over what yeah. we, what is ours. Yeah. Yeah. So there's an interest. So there would be an interest there's there. There's a power structure there. I yeah. In what? And what is it like? You know, now that Ray is maybe taken on to training new Jedi or something, and or maybe these are the the Jedi Knights of Ray. You know, Ooh, what, Knights of Ray. What what I would think actually is that instead of being known as Jedi, they're Skywalkers. Skywalker is less of a name. Is this of a last name and more of a like the new version of of Jedi. You know. The Jedi were born, were reborn as Skywalkers, which would be kind of, which, which I think would be a touching way to unite the sort of thing, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. There are Skywalkers Good here, thought. so, so I think that would be an interesting way to do that. The alternative, though, is to go, is not to go forward, but to go back. Go back. As long as they're not White Walkers, we're okay. 
We'll go back 500, 600 years before the Battle of Yavin. So when the Galactic Senate was theoretically in its prime. Um, I think what you could do here is you could have... Um, the, the way I would describe the way you do it here is that you have the Jedi fighting with the Sith. The Sith are in like kind of the kind of a high esteem sort of position. Like they've been around for they've been around for the last couple hundred years, and yeah. they they control a certain amount of territory, and they're constantly picking fights with the Jedi. Um, you could even have a young Jedi Knight Yoda. Yeah. So you could watch him walk around because he dies when he's like five hundred plus years old. Yeah. You can kind of see him in kind of maybe what was his Jedi Knight days before he became a Grand Master. Well, especially since you've introduced Baby Yoda. And you still have the option to give Frank Oz wonderful acting a bit of chances. Yeah. Um, or Although he, he's, he's getting old. He's getting old. But there's other people who can do the voice, too. The yeah. Yoda voice, too. So you give you give the chance to see Yoda in maybe his prime or something. That could be a TV series yeah. in and of itself or a movie. Um, I think it would be more interesting as a movie to watch other Jedi. Maybe you can like lay the groundwork for what is the eventual trilogy elements like you did, but in more subtle ways, perhaps. Yeah. Um, maybe you can do more to see a grittier world or universe. I think it'd be more interesting to see older, older style Jedi, maybe. Yeah. Which would be which would allow us to see which would allow us to finally have seen what was it really like for the Sith and what was it really like for the Jedi in these times. Yeah. You know, or maybe you can see a conversion in or something of that nature. I think that's the future I would like to see. How about you? What kind of future would you like to see? Um. Where do you think the story goes? Well, I mean, I, I agree with your look back because I'd like to understand what the Senate was like before all this came down. Mm -hmm. And and how I, I would like to have a better understanding because I, I just don't have an understanding of um, of how the Empire came into... into Immediate being. Yeah, how it became so powerful. I mean, I, I understand what they tried to walk me through, but I, I really wasn't getting it. Yeah, I mean... Totally agree there. Because I mean, you start out with 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 you know the princess, princess queen, Queen Amidala. Queen Amidala, yes. Yeah, you start out with with Queen Amidala, um, you know, challenging the Senate because she's afraid that somebody's going to take take power and take control. Mm -hmm. Well, what what are the dynamics that set that whole thing up? Uh, yeah, she, she kind of gets played by her own guy. Yeah. I, I I like the idea of going back in time and seeing, um, you know, some of what the old stuff was, maybe, might be interesting. Mm -hmm. um, if anything, you know, there's plenty of extra additional material out there um, in the periphery that allows, you know, the people of, of LucasArts or the Disney to have a free reign of, of, of options for them to do. They have yeah. plenty of, of choices at the end of the day of additional material they can pull from. Yeah. Um, I would love for them to... Um, there was a recent game, uh, Star Wars game, um, that was released, and I apologize, the name is literally um, Force Something, um, but a lot of them are based off of Force. Yeah. There's a recent EA game, which if you did it as a uh, narrative TV series, would work well as a TV series, in all honesty. Okay. Um, um, but it was a very nice, fun game. There's a lot of additional material that they have the option to kind of run with um, at the end of the day. 
um, I would just love them to do something different and new. I would love yeah. to see a different look on it and give us more of the world because I like I like this world a lot. Okay. But I would like to see something different. So, so a couple of quick questions for you that I, I had just watched seven and eight okay. before seeing nine. Mm-hmm. Had you had you rewatched them recently? Um, in doing the podcast, yes. So okay. to to make sure we got up to speed, I did watch those movies beforehand. So I felt like that helped a lot. I think it did too. Um, I don't think it's a necessity. Because um, I watched the movie beforehand, but then I rewatched it again. I watched the I watched the ninth movie, not watching the other two movies beforehand. Okay. And First then I, okay. and then when we went to go watch the movie with the two of us, and then I watched them beforehand going into that. Okay. So because because I I do think you know we talked about before what could stand alone and what couldn't, and mm-hmm. I didn't I don't think this movie could stand alone. Um, but and I agree. I don't think it could stand alone. But I would think, from a meta context, it would have never stood alone on it on its own. Okay. I, mean, I, th- I think at the end of the day that Star Wars is so ubiquitous that nothing you do at this point will allow it to stand on its own on any particular level. Like, you, you if you hear a Star Wars movie, you'll hear you'll you won't you'll already be spoiled to what the meta context is. And yeah. even even if you're like even if you're like me who wants to go show my niece Star Wars, they already. You've, heard from their friends what Star Wars is. So yeah, like they, they're very what they have a very close friend who's very, very whose family is very, very interesting. Yeah. So I mean like at the end of the day, like there's almost no escaping out of it. It's almost as if like, hey, you wanna go watch a baseball game. Yeah. You yeah. know, you kind of have a great you even if you don't understand all the rules, you have a context for what it is. And yeah. I think for just about any Star Wars movie now, that's kind of what you go into. Yeah. But I do agree that none of these movies with the exception of Episodes seven and four um, are kind of good standalones. Seven yeah. can stand alone on its own if you assume that none of this other stuff happened at all. That yeah. it's just all the sort of stuff did happen. Yeah, and you just allow yourself to forget that there were other movies beforehand. And episode, I, think I get epi- that. And I think episode four stands alone on its own because it did. Because it did. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Excellent. So all right. we have something special we're doing next week. We're doing our year in geek, so we're going to look back at all the top. We're going to look back at our topics that we did last year, and we're going to pick out each of us. We're going to pick out three of our favorite topics of what we did last year, what we liked about it, what we learned. Okay. And then um, we'll discuss um, not only what we learned, but what we would like to revisit if we had the option to. So. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So on behalf of myself and my mom, thank you for listening to us again today. You can follow us on nerdtutorialpodcast.com to find all the show notes and podcast. We continue the conversation at facebook.com forward slash nerdtutorialpodcast or also on Twitter at nerd underscore tutorial where you can let me know about future topics and ideas you might have for other shows. But until then, we'll see you guys again next time and thank you for following us on this cool Star Wars journey. Bye. Bye. Bye.